Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. First of all, the nerve of your fucking ass to call me and tell me your fucking problem. It's not my... Fuck off. Get lost. Get off. Take your stupid subscription and cancel. Who cares, Dina? Fuck you. Fuck you, cunt. Fuck you. Do your audience a favor. Get lost. Don't do my audience. I'll do my audience whatever I want. I'll piss on this audience if I... Douche. I do have... Uh, issues about people leaving me. I want to control everyone in my atmosphere. I want, I am a puppet master and I want everyone to be a puppet. He was saying goodbye to me and he leaned in for a kiss and I smiled so big that he literally kissed my teeth. Um, I cheated on every one of my boyfriends except for Howard. For real? Mm-hmm. Really? I met Howard, my cheating days and- You were a cheater? I was a cheater. I hate Beth. I think she's only after Howard's money and she's, <laughs> and she's a real horse face. Can you bang any of those stripper broads on the uh, on the show? Teresa Lynch said you banged up. Teresa who? Ooh, she was on here. She told she was so in your movie, thing. Private Parts. Oh, Amy. Uh, no, no, no. Teresa, you... the, the one with the, oh, the, no. the little ass. The she, she never said that. She told That's me. That's a lie. Oh. To admit you're lying. That's Tony. She told Tony. Did I ever bang Teresa Lynn? Take New Jersey. Welcome to the wrap-up Which, show. Does any of you gentlemen believe that Beth actually loves Howard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's cut right to the nitty-gritty. Artie and I spent last weekend with him, and if she's in love, then she should get a fucking Oscar. Right. She's not in love. She's in love, she should get an Oscar. Friday and Slim. Say, Beth once even said to me, it was funny too, because Beth once said to me, you know, I wouldn't mind being engaged forever. Like, like this was, you know, years ago. I just think the ring is so great. I would uh-huh. love to, you know, it's romantic. And, and it's romantic yeah. and it's kind of cool. But the second I uh, popped the question, she was like, well, let's get on the phone and tell everyone we're getting married. I went, whoa, whoa. Yeah. no, 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 we're not getting married. We're engaged. <laughs> There's no such thing. You know what it is? I'm so self-important. I just don't even remember meeting anyone. She was up here one day and I introduced you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I'm, cured. I'm not going to be cured of any. I am me. I am just going to psychiatrist so that I can feel better about certain issues in my life. That's all. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Quite Frankly, a Howard Stern podcast. I'm your host, Phil Moore, a.k.a. Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore Fingers. And with me, of course, is my wonderful co-host, Sam. Hello, everyone. And our our wonderful friend, I guess I use another word than wonderful. I sound like some dotard uh, that can't use <laughs> other adjectives. Uh, our our stupendous friend on the, the podcast, uh, Bob D. Welcome, Bob. Hey, thanks for having me again. Our NPD expert and uh, 
and th- we promised the guys this was going to be part two or part three, depending on how long this goes, of Howard and his spouses. And we're going to finish up what we did with Allison on the previous episode, and we're going to move into Beth in short order. But Sam, you wanted to say something. I wish, like, when we announced Bob D, when you were saying that, he's like Willy Wonka, and he kind of just, you know. The remake or the original? (laughs) The original. And he stumbles (laughs) out, and everyone's, like, giving him that blank stare, like, what the hell is going on? And then, yay, for the somersault. So we've got a few clips that we're going to play. Uh, we're going to finish off the uh, Jingle Ball conclusion. And um, and that was, of course, the last appearance of Allison calling into the show or appearing on the show. And it was a huge fight. So uh, let me just get this set up, guys. Oh, sorry. The, this isn't the Jingle Ball that his daughter ended up in the emergency room because she no. was high. No, that was the following year. Okay, right. So just so you guys know... There was a following Jingle Ball after mm. they were divorced. Yep. And she overdosed. According to ONA, um, ONA moles mm-hmm. um, at the hospital, yep. the, the pests, uh, she overdosed on ecstasy. Mm-hmm. And appar- yeah, pa- apparently uh, they had, there was uh, audio of, not audio, sorry, there was. Um, the story was Allison and Howard were arguing with each other. Oh, it was your fault. You should have been there. Why were you this and that? I would have killed, killed for like phone camera footage of that back in the day. Even though that's like a personal thing, that's their business. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine Howard in that situation. It's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> Just like hammering his wife when their fucking daughter's like maybe, you know, choked on her own vomit. Yeah. No, this is long. Though. This is long taken off of YouTube, but ONA were saying that uh, they had a caller that called in and he was screaming, this is your job. You were supposed to do this. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Father of the year. Uh, so, OK, so let's go into it. That was a pretty bad question. I didn't mean to go that way. What if Allison had to come to you the way that last girl caller came to you? Like, well, Howard, you're number one. You're the best. They, they can't touch you. You shouldn't nah. be threatened. Oh, Allison. Okay. Pour water under the bridge, boss. Just call him from the water. Honey, I don't. <laughs> I, by the way, everybody, it's a way longer clip. I just, I just took away the um, the callers calling in and talking stuff. And there was one caller that called in and said, "Oh, uh, you know, Howard, what should you care if you're number one? You're, you know, you, sh- you should just let it roll off your back. She's just gonna go, and um, you're so secure in your position as number one show in New York that you don't care where your wife goes." And uh, He's just saying to Jack, no, that wouldn't, that wasn't the issue. So as this is playing, what do you think, even though they're asking him how he feels, what do Mm -hmm. you truly think as an MPD sufferer is going on inside of him during this exchange? I mean, I think again, um, that she's sort of starting to demonstrate that she's becoming more independent Um, I think that she was starting to push some of his, just his buttons by going through his own personal channels to actually get the, you know, these tickets. And I think too, for some NPD, someone with NPD, this was a scenario where they can really take a lot of credit and be a hero. You know, if he did get those tickets for his daughter, um, he could derive some supply off of that. 
So she also deprived him of that opportunity as well. So it's probably a combination of all of those things going on right now. Keep in mind, everybody, that at this time in their marriage and this time in his career, he's got the fuck pad in Manhattan. So he can stay in the city. He doesn't have to go back to home to Long Island. Uh, and and I think he was even living apart at this point. I have no idea. Uh, because the separation, uh, the divorce was 99. So I'd say, yeah, they were well and truly separated. And there's no, only certain people knew. Uh, Sam? So we're going to hear the reaction from mm-hmm. him and uh, his cohorts and Allison. That's right. Somewhat we're... of the, somewhat of the fallout. That's right. But if you were to gauge, what do you think would be, what do you think would be the best response for Allison? Did you think she is making the best response in this? I I think she absolutely made the best response that she could especially when she initially called in she basically set up a boundary and then what we hear she does from here on out it it seems sort of clinical to me even as Phil Morris pointed out this seems very formulaic the way she Mm -hmm. lets this play out and Mm -hmm. it seems almost like a not like a natural reaction it seems like a deliberate method of of countering what he's doing in yeah. my opinion. Um, so, so let's go into it. I mean, I don't want to fight. Howard, let me explain to you. What all right. I was, Please. First of all, you knew about this. If you had I know. a problem when I asked you. No, I never would say anything. No, 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 but you're entitled to say something if you had a problem. No, it's okay. Gonna... It's okay. I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm doing a shtick. That's all. No, but you were very condescending. Gary hit it right You're right. Head. You're right. I apologize. And that's what I objected to. I'm perfectly willing to have a conversation, and I would never do anything to jeopardize your job or, you, or your standing or go to a competition. I'm- so, yes, Bob, you wanted to cut in. So I, I think what she's doing here as well is trying to show Howard and make sort of a last-ditch attempt um, again, in kind of a clinical way where she's being patient, she's showing him this is what happened, this is what happened, and I just get this energy from it like we're we're going towards the end here howard these are this is exactly what I'm talking about. You had a chance to say these things. you could have said something you know we're we're seeing the sort of tail end of of their communication here mm-hmm. Sam. But isn't this an NPD like maneuver and fighting where it's your first of all, he's projecting on these negative things like she is outsourcing the competition and doing this knowingly. But that's not what she's doing. She just wanted mm-hmm. tickets for her kids. And as we said in last episode, it was very hard to get these certain tickets, especially back in the day for these pop stars yeah. and live events. I don't think he's actually mad about her getting the tickets. I don't think he's actually mad about her supporting the competition. Again, that sort of goes back to narcissism. Like, no one's sit- sitting around going, hey, there's Howard Stern's kids. Or no, no one cares. It's a huge No concert. one gives a fuck. That's and, right. Um, no. And so I don't think he's actually even mad about that. You know, like I, I've stated a couple times, I think he's mad because she's starting to break away from him become her entity and she knows i think too also to a certain degree what she's doing yeah you mentioned that near the end of the last episode and i having listening listening to it again while i was editing it i agree 
And the thing is, of course, in 1998, when this is happening, no one knows that they're going through the marital. You could hear it, but you can't know for, for, for certain. It's only years later that we piece it together and you can hear the tension and you can also hear the fear in his voice. Because mm-hmm. he's backtracking now when you start listening to more of it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I don't want any conflict. Do you remember that whole, you know, we talked about it in the last episode. Gary, you have to know when I say yes, it means no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so now, so and he goes into it here. She should, I thought, you know, she goes, I can't be a mind reader. So imagine, right. multiply that by 20 years of living with this piece of mm-hmm. shit. And so imagine what that must do to her. There's no winning in these arguments, None. and she knows that. Mm-hmm. That's why she. I, I feel like she's deliberately not engaging. She's making a point. I, I guess a better way of me phrasing what I heard her just do is she's making a point in demonstrating the conflict, but she's not engaging in a debate or argument. She's just mm-hmm. showing him this is what happened. This was the opportunity. Like, no, we're not arguing about it. You had a moment there, and you didn't seize it. Sam? Now, what would be, and hypothetically, I think that she played this perfectly, but let's say she's a dumb fuck like Beth (laughs) and doesn't know how to gray rock or scale this argument. And wouldn't you then feel like you did something wrong right now? You know what I'm saying? We'll hear that later in the show um, in regards to the clip that I had Fillmore uh, pull where King of All Blacks and the whole Jared Twitter thing. That's sort of what I view as the this call with Beth. And you'll sort of hear how it goes differently and what goes wrong when, you know, when we get there. Okay, let's get going. This because we got a lot to go. We do have a lot of clips to go through. I mean, I would never do anything like that. I know, I know. It, it was maybe a misunderstanding. I should have said something. And I will, and I will use my money to pay Steve no, King. I felt funny uh, saying anything to you. I figured if, uh, you know, if you felt uh, sort of angry at the other radio stations and <laughs> wanted to join in on that, I felt that uh, perhaps uh, you would have come to it yourself. But if not, that's okay. I mean, you know, listen. No, no, that, that's not fair. It's Honey, not- I'll do my best to beat those guys anyway, even though you're a fan and theirs. <laughs> and I'll do my he, I know Sam, Sam's going like internally. I could just see you like fuck off. <laughs> you don't even have to respond to me. This is let me do my head bobbing and side weaving. <laughs> it's awful. My best, so I can support you and the kids. Uh, well, listen, I took a look at those DJs. I'm never listening to that station again. Well, listen, uh, you know, listen. What the heck, uh, Lisa? You gave him a couple of bucks and uh, you help him out. And that's all right with me. I don't care. What the hell? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Let's just have a nice time and if relax. If you had a problem. When I, and it's not like I did it behind your back. I went to you. I checked with you. Nah, you seem very excited about. It. I wasn't gonna. Da- I would. It's passive aggressive shithead, making sure that he's not the one making a decision. He's waiting for you to step in that fucking landmine so he can get to you after the fact. He's not yeah. telling you before. Listen, don't do this because I'll get upset. Which would be the easiest way to handle it. Really, just to say, look, I don't feel comfortable with you going to this thing. Uh, be, just because now he's, and he's also not willing to say why he's not, doesn't want her to go. It's really about control as well. He doesn't want her doing anything at this point. Later he on, wants, years later, go ahead, go ahead, Sam. He wants to be the insufferable fuck that plants the landmines, the warlord that plants the landmines. And he also wants to be Princess Diana in pictures with fucking kids with their legs blown off. 
<laughs> well, I mean, he, yeah. So, so it's there was no winning with him ever, and no. uh, and that war. You just sent us an article. Uh, uh, maybe we'll get a chance to, if we take a break, we'll read some of it later. Uh, just certain segments of it. It was really good in terms of um, the the accumulation of ammunition, the stockpiling that they do. These NPD sufferers that um, they're using to use to prepare for to use at any time and at any given moment they could bring up something. And so the difference is he had 20 years with Allison or more than that maybe, and with uh, and he has children with her. With Beth, he makes sure he doesn't have the same amount of connection, and there's there's a difference in age, and there's a difference in uh, economic status, and there's a difference in connection. So she's not an equal, she doesn't start as an equal, and she's never, ever going to be one. So mm-hmm. already the, the disconnect between who they are as a couple is way different than Beth than, and then Allison in how his relationship at the time. Um, sorry, Bob? And, and that's the issue, all the issues that he had with Allison were the issues of her having equal say, were the issues of her <clears throat> having some kind of independence or power. So mm-hmm. you can see how when he's, he moves on to his next spouse, he doesn't want <clears throat> those to be an issue for him. Yeah. Sam? So I read in uh, ProPsychCentral.com this article by Christine Hammond. She's an MSLMHC. It was in 2019. And uh, I wrote down a question for Bob. Uh, So it says that they're jealous of anyone or anything, and that can mean children or pets. So (laughs) in this do you think that Howard was jealous? I, I, I'm not even kidding. Push Bianca into the pool. <laughs> right. Like, so, so I think he was jealous. what are the main negative things that do you think Howard projects on Allison and Beth? Do you think it's like his, in, do you think it's some of his children in attention to the children, attention to Beth? And this is why I, I thought it, he didn't have children because of how much responsibility it was. But then when I read that, I was like, does he not have children because he's jealous of the attention children need? No, he he doesn't have children because he doesn't want to be responsible. I, I would bet anything on that. But right. I do agree with that statement. They can get they will get jealous of anyone getting attention that isn't them. Any kind of meaningful attention and any, even any animal getting meaning, meaningful attention because attention again is their oxygen, it is their life's blood, it is their um, main drug, so they will become jealous of children and, and animals, sure. Wow. Wow. Sorry, you told me you weren't checked with at all. No, I wasn't. It was actually, the tickets were gotten without my no, knowledge. I said to him, Laura told me days later that no, she'd gotten I, the tickets. Excuse me, I was in your office and I said to you, how the kids want to go to Jingle Ball, is there any way you could get me tickets? Can I check with the station? You go, I don't think I can get you, but yeah, you could check into it. Period. So I said, right, no. Then I stand corrected. I, I, I must I be wrong. Never, I would never do anything behind your back. I know, I know. All but right. No no offense taken. Let's the, Please, let's not bring it up anymore. Oh, okay, Sam. I must be wrong. Even though you're wrong, you're saying it in a way that is... You're not actually admitting it. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, an it's, admission. It's couched, it's couched in very... It's nebulous. It's like, uh, I must be wrong. I don't believe I'm wrong. That's but the Andy. only time they apologize is in that fashion. Yeah. To get it to go away. 
That's right. Sam? And, she, and she's saying it like, you did this. You said it was fine. And he's admitting that he did in a way that makes even it sound bad. Like, why can't you just say, yep, you're right? It's not coming home with us. That's what I wanted to say. Right, that's what I say. Now I feel good about coming home. The air is clear, and I can walk in the house and enjoy my day. And right? if they would make it on a Friday night next year. Oh, let's hope so. And, I, I, and honey, you'll be assured that I'll buy the whole haul for you because I'm going to work my hardest to support you and the kids. Even with this, even though even though my family supports the other radio station, I'm going to do my best to win. I feel like we're in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I said this is Ozzy and Harriet. I'm biting my tongue so badly. <laughs> Are you Please. bloody yet? <laughs> I, I, there's blood dripping out of my mouth. Yes, yeah, Sam. You are? He's biting his tongue? I want to <laughs> fucking rip his tongue and fucking chop it out of his mouth. I'm biting my tongue. She just said everything she did. Nothing was wrong with it. Yeah, and I'm happy he said that, actually, because he really at least was admitting that he's not being honest. That, so very rarely do you get that from him. Bob? She, she's trying to resolve this now. Mm -hmm. She's trying to, at the end of a fight, when you start laughing it off, and they're kind of, everybody's kind of like the tension's breaking and everything, I get that he's telling her, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not over this. Yes, I'm not finishing it. But I, I don't I want you to relax. I yeah. <laughs> make sure what you bring your make sure your armor is on when I see you again, exactly. because this is this is going to continue. Mm -hmm. You got to be married. Guys. Oh, Sometimes you got to hear the other person and what they're saying. Oh, my psychiatrist, you got to hear. Passive now you're being passive. My psychiatrist again. Okay, yeah, she just and, and Robin just called him out for being passive aggressive. It's not like anybody can't hear this, even if they didn't know there was a marriage problem. Sam. Mm -hmm. And here comes Robin uh, playing both sides of the fence like she yeah. does so terribly. Oh, it's awful. And Gary's Gary's just a complete suck ass at one point. No, I'm not. You are not communicating. Can I tell you something, Robin? Like a pee whip, Let me tell you what I'm doing right now. You don't have to be I have a two week. I have a two week vacation where I gotta live at home. You understand? You're gonna go back to your empty apartment. I gotta live at home. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. I, gotta live I at have home. a two-week vacation that I have to live at home. Who can relate to this? Right. Like, <laughs> essentially, he's, he's saying, like, I got a prison sentence. <laughs> That's the way he said it. Yeah. I got a bit. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got to stay in county. <laughs> I got a stint. <laughs> what is it called um, when they start picking up trash? Community service. <laughs> Got yeah. community service up in Long Island. Want to know your feelings? No, she doesn't. Absolutely, no. I do. Uh, you want to know my feelings? Yes. No, I don't think this is. Uh, they're they're going to egg us on into a, an argument. No, 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 no. You want to argue? I don't want you to All right. argue. All right. You want to know my feelings? Say, Here are my feelings. Feel, Here are my feelings. <laughs> Allison. Yes. You have been with me the whole way, right? Right. All right. You know what angst I go through, even but when I, even when somebody edits one word of mine. Oh fuck! And All you know you what? All you gotta do is say any of this to me. No, I know, I know, I know. But, but you know how? There's no but, by the way. Like in a normal human conversation, there's no but when you're dealing with the person that actually does communicate well. Uh, he's uh, go ahead, Sam. She would have, if she knew. This was going to be the result. Mm -hmm. If you would have just communicated what he's communicating now over the airwaves, 
This argument would never take place. Those tickets would never have been had. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but also she would, if she wanted to go, she would have actually found a, a, another avenue with which to obtain the tickets and then not have to tell them anything or just literally say, look, I, we've got, we're going to the jingle ball and that's it. We're going, there's no discussion. I'm taking Emily or, you know, Deborah, the two, you know, older ones, and we're going to go and we'll be back at such and such a time. What was he going to do? She was, he was, she, if you're not going to win, you may as well fucking earn the wrath by doing what it is you, you do want to do. Bob? Yeah, I mean, you, you can see again here why people that are in relationships with them wind up with central nervous system disorder issues, <clears throat> things of that nature, because she didn't do anything wrong by any means at all. And she gave him every opportunity to let her know if she was. And the sick thing is, is he might have actually been allowing her to do this, knowing that he was going to blow up on her. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. Yep. So, uh, again, you're always on a slippery, slippery slope with these people. And this is why people that are in relationships with them wind up, you know, sometimes with some serious physical ailments. Mm -hmm. I would uh, the, now I don't know that we need to play the entire clip because that's the just they start going in circles at the end around most of this. But near the mm -hmm. last minute or so, you get Bowie and Robin explaining why they wouldn't do it. And it actually is funny to hear the, the responses. So I'll play a little further ahead. I'm wrong. I didn't think there was much room for discussion. Well, there was plenty of room for discussion. I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have thought so, but OK. Well, All right, so have we worked it I'm out? I'm sorry I gave you that impression because that's where I was coming from. And I'm sorry, too. <laughs> you I'm, are bad. What do you mean? No, I'm sorry. You are bad. I'm, no, I'm sorry You're for what I did. Right. I'm sorry you I didn't so speak up. You were private parts. What happened? What? <laughs> what happened? You're falling off. You're getting rusty. No, listen. Let me tell you something. Uh, he's very withholding, and then this is what he does. Well, I hear that. Right. Yes. Listen to me. <laughs> Gary, let me ask you something. Yes. Would you go to the Jingle Bowl? Personally, me? Absolutely. How not. do you know not to go? Why would what? you say uh, you wouldn't go to the Jingle Ball? Because I'm a recognizable character from the show, right. and I think it would... Now, hold on. He's also not his wife. <laughs> so it's irrelevant what Bowie would or wouldn't do in this situation. I don't know. This is just Howard trying to sandbag, trying to, like, shore up his defenses when he has none. It would make you unhappy. Do you think some people recognize... Well, honey, have you ever been recognized as my wife in, in public? Not last night. Not last night, but in, in, in your history. Well, excuse me, I don't even like Gary's reasoning. I wouldn't go because I would never support a Z100 event. Right, but I, right. but yeah. I also would, would make What did he say? Happy. Not at all. He, he said he wouldn't go because he's recognizable and oh. blah, 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 blah. No, I, uh, I shut up a second. Z100. The blah, blah, blah is it would make Howard unhappy. So <laughs> I don't support Z100, period. It has nothing to do with I don't either, I but I was. K -Rock. <laughs> Listen to these two fucking assholes innate, totally enabling him. Totally like yeah. they're they they're it's funny how they selective they are with the criticism they give them and how they give it if they if and when they do it's so subtle and because it, it has to come in a way that um, doesn't appear as though it's criticism I mean it's kind of sleight of hand right most of the time it's not even criticism yeah it's like a compliment right. it's couched in such a way that you go oh well you know they're on my side they're just saying you know this is how we, if, you know, in context of uh, what we're talking about, this could potentially be an issue, but they're not actually saying, no, you're a douche. You didn't fucking say what you wanted, and now you're reaping the, your own stupidity. Uh, yeah, Sam? but listen to Robin be not sleight of hand, ham-handed. No. I yeah. would not be, I would not do this. Right. I would not support a Z100 event. 
That's right. <laughs> Reading okay, it in the Jackie thanks. voice. I bet he wouldn't support Z100 because I wouldn't allow it. Right, but right, for but whatever reason, it would make you unhappy. You God, why wouldn't it make you unhappy? It would, but I, but the, why do you the, feel the this isn't this how you make a living? Me. You know how I put, you know how I put food on my table? Howard, the most important thing to me. You is know how my kids feel. have a stereo and a printer and a this and a that. You know how they get it? By me kicking the crap out of, out of these other radio stations. You know what these other radio stations spend their time doing all day? They badmouth me. They go to ad agencies. They talk about dirty <laughs> words that I use. How they shouldn't spend their dollars. You don't think Do you, you should know that? You don't think my so wife knows it? Kid. You don't think Robin knows I, that? I, I'm I'm right right. And if you oh, have a problem, up. we should have had that conversation. I don't have a problem. It's, it's something that you've got to feel. And you're not honest I wasn't you. honest. I should have pointed it out. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, Sam's beating her head with a pad and paper pad. Bob's got this smirk on his face, like, Whoa. "Man, this is." What How can you would say? you love? Uh, does Does anyone in the audience think that they could be married to this fucking impossible cunt? Remember again, I've said it on here probably at least two or three times. They'll build a case against you. Yeah. Before you even know you're on trial, and so here we go, here's his witnesses, here's his corroborators. Gary, would you have gone? No, only a piece of shit would have gone. Uh, Robin, would you have gone? No, of course I would. Again, you're just no, like... No, I wouldn't. I would never go to his even there by concert because I know it's a competition. Alice is just by herself. She's like, well, I, I didn't know I was stepping into a trial. and But they'll do this. Just the word that you used was perfect, sandbag. They love to sandbag people. Yeah. So the next clip I'm going to, because that's the end of Allison. So farewell, Allison. You got the house, the cars, the kids. You got uh, a husband who loves you. We speak so, your name. We speak your name. Yeah, we we shout your name. Actually, we only wish we could get you on a fucking interview. How awesome would that be to interview Allison? Oh, Allison, you are a rock star in so many regards. Good for you, honey. This next clip comes from October of 99 and it's, uh, I call it Fortress of Solitude and it was on my old channel and I'll probably re-upload it. And basically it's how, okay, so they're into divorce now or separation. I can't, whatever the fuck they call it, but be, bottom line is they're not together and I, we don't think they have been for a while at this point, but either way, he explains how he bullshitted Allison about his work and, uh, and, and also <laughs> bust the whole, the whole bullshit about him being a workaholic. <laughs> Listen to this. Here, wait a second. What the hell did you just say? Agdabob, but one that apparently could not withstand the workaholic schedule. Yeah, I mean, workaholic? I mean, yeah, but look what I'm working at. That's the embarrassing part. Everyone's saying, gee, what a workaholic I am. I mean, I, I work on this show. Hmm. <laughs> How many years has he talked about, you know, getting up and, you know, battling the FCC and, uh, you know, I'm in the trenches. He made it sound like he's in first, he's, he makes it sound like he's in Ypres uh, or he's in Dieppe or something fighting the fucking Germans. But, um, it's, uh, and so here he just kind of scuttles himself so badly. Um, uh, this was an interesting period for listeners that, uh, if you go through the archives, because he lets so much fly without realizing he's doing it. And it just, it, it explains fully the divorce proceedings and how awful is, how much his life is unraveling. Uh, mm -hmm. Sam? I just, exactly what you just said. It's perfect. And there's such few times in his life that uh, the truth has unraveled. That's in right. In such so, a way. Yeah. So this is and, fantastic. And when you get it, it as I, I think said, uh, Benjamin would, would agree with this. And maybe, I'm sure Bob, you would too. When he doesn't stutter, stammer, or pause like William Shatner, 
is typically when you're hearing him speak honestly. It's just like a stream of consciousness coming out. And it doesn't, it's not shtick where he's thinking on his feet. It literally is what his true feelings are. That's why you don't, you get a sense of when he's actually talking the truth and when he isn't because he says it. So he's very rarely truthful. So when you do hear it, it's like, it's like a big beak. It's like the bat signal. So hold on. That's what cracked me. Workaholic. <laughs> about the whole thing. I said, what is he working on? It really isn't that I'm a workaholic. I should, I should clarify that. It's just that I'm a recluse. I don't do anything except be by myself. I call it work. Like I go home and I watch TV. Right. But I tell, work. For years I told my wife, I'm working. Yeah. I need to watch TV to know what the audience is watching, which is total bull. I'd watch TV even if I wasn't working. That's the problem with me. You know, people that we used to talk about this on the show a lot, you know, you go to Howard's house hmm. and Howard might let you in the door, but then you don't see him anymore. Right. He would disappear. Yeah. He was well, the greatest magician. I figured you were there to talk to my wife. <laughs> oh, please. I was there to talk to everybody. No, I'm busy. Somehow you could run all over that house. You'd never find her. I had hiding places. <laughs> See? So this is also giving you more insight to what it was like with the, for Allison to live with this shit. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, we'll play a little more. I don't know. I think that was the, the, the real crux of it. Sam? But here's more of the MPD coming out, too. So that slipped face that he had, it's it's coming it's coming down, right, Bob? He doesn't... Yeah. You're not going to see me at my house. I don't care mm-hmm. about well, what you... admitting that he doesn't actually work. Um, a lot of people with, with MPD, they just... Their work is creating more work for other people to do. <laughs> so if they then, come... And he's like, I had these guys do this bit, this bit. It's like creating an actual bit, even just the pitch, is way harder than just listening to it and saying, oh, I like that, you know. But isn't that the whole crux of the summit, Fillmore and Bob? Like, that entire thing is an NPD presentation of, look, I worked. But none of that is actually work. Yeah, it shows how out of touch he is. Right. He's like talking about emails. Who doesn't have a hundred emails at all times? Like, right. Anyway, or who yeah. can't figure out how to delete one? But that's not that's not a that's not a gauge of progress and and anything. <laughs> Deleting an email is, that just shows how out of touch he is. Or when he shows the thing with all the post-it stamps, it's like, look, this this means I worked. You're like, I, it doesn't fucking, I got posted, st- look at all those posted stamps right there, like, that, that was from the last hour. You know what it made me think? It's like all these years he talked about going to work out with Marco Battaglia at Reebok or whatever, it just make me, give me an image of students I would see at the phys ed center on their phone on the bench press, like, just kind of <laughs> fucking about. <laughs> Or these older right. ladies that use this belt massager, which they put around their thighs and you just stand there and it's, it's like vibrating therapy. It's meant to like stimulate the muscles mm-hmm. by you standing there. So you don't actually have to, you know, exert effort. That's, no. exact, right. that's a great thing. It's like showing a pile of weights and you're like, look at all these weights <laughs> I have out. He's going to like work out by osmosis. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm in the same room with these people, <laughs> my physique will develop from like a, a Holocaust survivor to, uh, you know, fucking Charles <laughs> Atlas. Uh, go ahead. We're going to change the way everyone sees us. See this. <laughs> See this Cho painting worth five million? 
campaign over it. We're going to yeah. get serious with some fucking that, oh, fake that, awards. That was extraordinary. We just finished that mm-hmm. um, our summit. The 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 it, it was the the week we recorded the last episode was the week we released the end of the summit. Now, of course, Bob, you've seen that one. I'm sure a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was your what was your take on that whole like the um, the uh, you know the the red carpet? Were you <laughs> and, inspired? Uh, I I wouldn't even know where it, it was. Just the the thing that that got me was every time he'd say something, he'd say the immediate. I I remember I went and the red carpet was so uncomfortable, it was so weird. We're gonna do that for everybody now, <laughs> or. You know, like, what are you doing wearing that? Or I remember one thing, he's like, what the fuck good does it do me? And then it was like, I think it was with Ronnie, he's like, well, it gave you stuff to air. Like, that was an episode, and you're, it was just, everything was just, he would say one thing, do the other. We're completely relevant, we're powerhouses, we we're, need we're being to forgotten. ask everybody to come on here. We have we're to college radio. And, and as someone that, that knows people in the industry and in and, and, and the at least music industry, like people know what's going on. People, if someone's going on Howard's show, they know what how the type of listenership Howard's getting. Like uh, sending them a tweet or whatever he was saying in a gift basket and a photo, like they don't care about that shit. I mean, they just they want as much exposure as they can get, and it doesn't matter. So, okay, no, so too- he he's saying it's successful. <laughs> <laughs> Not too long ago, uh, I uncovered a clip I was looking for. Um, basically, the, the gist of it is um, they were playing stuff to... This was when it came out that Gary had a song that if he heard it, he would cry because he would think about his dead brother and his father. And in the middle of it, Howard says this, and I'm going to play this clip. Why don't want you cry? You're, you're watching <laughs> Everybody's watching you. It's funny. Uh, don't wipe your eyes. I'm trying to gauge the amount of tears. Oh, you don't want to count them? Yeah. Because uh, I can't have emotions of my own. It's very well, difficult. he doesn't have to drip on his shirt. If, if, if you, like, you feed off me like you're sucking out my weakness? or like, No, I'm sucking out. I, I mean, it oh, makes me feel alive. Okay. If you don't mind. It makes you feel alive? Yeah. What if I mind? So? What if I mind? I, don't, I have trouble having emotion. So if I can see someone having emotion... I can live it. I, it's almost like I can live vicariously through them. Now, okay. I was no, didn't, didn't, the dead silence in there, Bob. When you heard this, did were you mm-hmm. like, did your jaw drop like mine did? I, I was blown away. Yeah, when you shared it, because he's not I, talking I about have... living vicariously. He's talking about I can imitate what it's like to have emotion. If I were to capture, if I were to take someone with narcissistic personality disorder. And say, in in two or three sentences, describe to me what it's like having what you have. That mm-hmm. would be what he just said. Mm-hmm. I live vicariously through other people. I don't feel. That's really what NPD is. That's why they try to control so much around them. They try to control their image because they can only see themselves through other people. So if if I can only see myself through how you see me, Fillmore, I'm going mm-hmm. to try control you because i want you to see me as this idea that i have of me uh sam is this why recently he said when he was looking at like um musicians he was saying i earn this rock and roll look 
<laughs> like he earned this look. In, in what way? In what? I, how does one earn a look? By the way, he said, "I earned this look," and he was mad that these younger musicians look cool just by being themselves. I guess. Well, he. How many and times he was he upset asked? that he didn't earn this look. Well, first like, of all, they, he, they didn't. Well, so is that projection? Because he knows he's a complete fraud. How many times did people exactly. ask people who came in, how thought together is, how put together is your look? Like, do you, do you think about, you know, what you're wearing before you go outside? When you were in Led Zeppelin, did you guys, how did you come up with your look? How did you come up with your look? It was nothing's organic, as if to say yeah. that, that nothing happens naturally. Everything is always manufactured. And that's mm-hmm. perfect for, a perfect statement for him because nothing is natural about him, including his voice. Um, but, um, Sam, you wanted to say in the dance party too, he said the same thing. He's the Goo Goo Dolls gay dance party that he was Mm -hmm. harassing the Goo Goo Dolls for Mm -hmm. Benjamin posted this great, um, epic of it. And in one of the clips, he said he would sit in his car by himself and try to cry and feel emotions to the song. Right. Like. That's what he thought he was supposed to be doing or the song. He was trying to get the song to provoke crying out of him, basically. Right. And he right. would just mm-hmm. sit there and do that. Who in fuck's sake needs to sit in a car to try to cry? Someone with NPD. Yeah, I guess so. Someone who doesn't understand empathy, doesn't understand emotion. Someone no, like that. Well, this is so. This is the um, uh, the next clip I'm going to play. There, there. Uh, this next one has to do with more. It's uh, um, evidence towards the Ablo clip that we're going to play later, Bob. That you talked about the boots, the whole the. Uh, but um, but also about um, H- Howard's nature in general. It's the rude gift giver clip from Artie from about I don't know a few years later. So I'm going to play it right now. Uh, Howard, you of all people who treat people like shit after Bullshit. they give you a gift? Are you kidding me? I, 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 are you kidding? You know what I do? I have a special book. I open Dude, it. you didn't even touch it. You haven't. You, 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 my twelve hundred dollar Neil Young gift that you. No, I told you. I know you face. gave it to me. No, no, bullshit. You're, you're the worst with gifts. Did I write you a note? Howard, this Did I write you a note? Bullshit time where you're no. trying to fuck with me. No. You are the rudest gift receiver of all fucking time. I have a book. No, on the air, we fuck sit you. we have fun. $1,200 fucking picture into the storage bin. On the air. Hey, you love rubbing in my face. We, on the Don't air. Don't fuck yourself. Well, then let me respond to that. On- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sam, Sam's like, <laughs> you've heard this before, haven't you, Sam? Yes, I with arguing though, I feel like a child that needs to go run in the corner and hide and throw myself in a closet. I when two adults argue, I don't know what that's about. I just have this like, oh boy, better hide. Wow. Where, <laughs> where, then I have this feeling that Bob, when we were messaging back and forth, he said there was this no, you said Fillmore, you said there was this point where Artie has realized he's a piece of shit. Absolutely. And there's no going back. He has realized what we realized. Maybe he couldn't put an NPD label on it, but he yeah. has come to that realization that Howard's a piece of shit. And there's no going back from it. So he, I feel like there's so much more animosity when he flipped that switch. Well, the, the what you got here is, the, here's the interesting part. And Artie would be the perfect, he would be the absolute pinnacle of guests 
to get if he were good to be 100% honest about his relationship with Howard and what he observed through the nine years or so that he worked with him. And what he went through such a tumultuous time being a fan, the being the replacement for Jackie, but not really, like kind of a half replacement, I suppose. And then um, the beer league stuff and his addictions and how the show exacerbated it and how the gossip and the way the, the show worked kind of fed into his neuroses and ex- made existing problems that already psychologically already had much worse. And to the point where he's now, if you know, he's in fear, I can't really tell Howard what I want. So I'm just going to fucking self-medicate, which is what Bowie I'm sure do in, in the form of booze and what Robin, well, she's, she's fine. She's a narcissist. So she's just going to feed her own narcissism, I suppose. And then seeing all these things, the Scott Einziger departure, the stuttering John departure, um, the serious move, all the other bullshit that he, he knows went on behind the scenes, but he has to hold that in. So you add all that up and you see that Howard has the control. He can make sure AJ Benza doesn't get fired. He can make sure that Jackie gets the fucking money he wants. He knows now that the show is really all Howard. And he admits that one later wrap up show clip where I'll put in one of the uh, the themes. He said, I'm not the I'm not the guy that I was when I first arrived. I really see it's all Howard's call. So go ahead, Bob. Well, the the reason why I wanted that <clears throat> pulled and um if there is anybody out there that's involved in, in any kind of research of NPD, um one one sort of Interesting thing I've always seen with them is they have a very dysfunctional relationship with possessions. And <clears throat> whether it's hoarding, binging, uh, throwing them away, um, they, they, have, they don't have typical relationships with possessions like other people do. Like even when you hear about Howard talking about the guitars in his room, he's like, I don't even know I have these here, or you know, X, Y, and Z. He has no connection with them. He just knows I have these as a display to show people, which is what I see with a lot of narcissists. And I think that's how they get into hoarding in the first place. But the the more specific point I wanted to bring up was that end line where Artie says that you love to rub in my face. And so why I bring that up is they'll abuse through possessions in a way, and, and that's how it relates into the boots. They'll know how people have sentiments and gifts are the perfect place for this to start because there's usually some sort of sentiment there. And they'll use that to basically abuse. So um, even though Howard's just like, oh, I just needed to put it in my storage, he rubs it in his face and he's like using that possession to abuse them. So like another example might be you know, let's say Fillmore, let's say you needed to come to Chicago for six months, and you're like, Bob, let's get a place, we'll be roommates. So you come out here, and let's say that you have some, um, you know, we've talked about the the Montreal Canadiens, you have like a framed jersey, framed Chelios jersey, and we're like, oh man, that's awesome, you know, from... And then you come back, you go to get something to eat, and you come back, and I've taken that, and I've just kind of put it in the closet on the ground. And I've like intentionally left it on the ground. I didn't just move it where it was. It's like that sort of, I'm conveying to you how I feel about you or how I want you to feel about you by taking that thing that I know means something to you and just basically putting it in, in the trash, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And again, the way that they abuse is always couched in plausible deniability. So if you tell someone, you're like, yeah, this guy took my like $400 just, jersey down and just, just threw it in 
And then they're like, what? oh, maybe he just didn't want it up. Maybe he just. So that's why a lot of people don't, uh, their victims don't believe um, when they tell people they don't believe them because there's always that plausible deniability. But you know, like, no, he did that to send me a message because he knows how I feel about that. And we didn't have a healthy discussion like, hey, do you mind if we put that somewhere else? Like, I'm deliberately sending you a message. And I think that in this case, he was deliberately sending Artie a message and he was del- he'll deliberately send Beth a message with the boot thing. So, um, Sam? What do you, um, how you were talking about possessions and people, which I can now, you did a great job of explaining how they can use possessions against people. But mm-hmm. how do you rate how they see people and possessions as uh, on the important scale? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to say, Bob, would you would you make it? Was it akin to money being a way of keeping score? Absolutely. Yeah, they're always keeping score. Okay. They're always keeping so, score, and if they do a favor for you, or they give you a gift, they'll almost ruin it immediately. Again, when you hear the Artie <laughs> stuff, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I paid twenty grand for that." Yeah, and I, oh, this I is, sure that's I in this. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's like. They'll like immediately, like, let's say I got Sam something. Let's say I sent her, I, I don't know. Um, again, we'll use hockey again. I sent her a Buffalo jersey. And I'm like, and she's like, oh, this is awesome. I love the Sabres. I'll be like, you know, and I had to go through to get that. Like, I had to call up a guy and I had to head down to the south side of the city. And I was like, I, I it was 250. And you're almost like, dude, do you want this back? Like, I don't even, right. I don't even want this. Like, it's almost like they want to, they're already holding it over your head. And they almost ruin it for you immediately. <laughs> like this. <laughs> Oy vey, if you knew what I had to go through to get this Buffalo, this, this, ha- this Hasek jersey, you wouldn't uh, do, you wouldn't ever ask me for this favor again, uh, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so but what I, is? He didn't answer. So I wanted to know where are put... the, what's the importance of oh, sorry, people, sorry. people and possessions? Are they, how do they rank with, NPD people are they similar the same less more are people in possessions what's more important are they are they interchangeable I guess is the question they're very similar because they like to control possessions they like to idealize possessions they never really connect with possessions um you know my girlfriend likes this show hoarders which I'm sure a lot of people have seen and what's interesting when they talk to a lot of those people on there uh, the the adult children are usually there and they'll talk about being neglected and more times than not the parent was not um present emotionally and the kids will usually have some kind of trauma and usually when the hoarding starts, there's also an onset of trauma. So the person's uh, husband left them, wife left them. So um, to answer Sam's question, I think that they view possessions almost like um, people and that they can sort of display them, gain admiration from them and control mm-hmm. them. Wow. So- which is amazing because inherently what you what it, it, it's not about enjoyment then even like people aren't about no. enjoyment and neither are so the big the whatever West Palm Beach mansion or whatever that he's got that's just that's just like a badge like a merit badge for him so if I were to tell you something and a narcissist will take a framed photo 
that someone else told them is really special over say like a brand new apple laptop like to them they're going to gravitate towards a possession that they're going to be able to get um supply from okay. they don't the jimmy like, kimmel the jimmy kimmel picture frame with him at the summit right at the yeah, end, they, yeah, for being a guest. Oh, look at this! This is a fucking photo that he could have got from Costco and printed up oh. and handed it to him, black mounted. And he said, "Oh, look, look how amazing this is! You know, the mm-hmm. personal touch. This is what other humans must do." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and so instead, we talked about this before, Sam. Do you think he has like a set of doodle pictures where it just says, "Hey, blank, thanks so much for appearing on blank." You know, I can't wait to see you see you at blank. And then he just fills in the shit and uh, yes. like it's, it's a form letter. And um, and uh, anyway, I, I uh, it's just it's staggering. Anyway, there's more of this clip. Let's go through the rest of it because it's so great. And I lo- used to love when Artie would take him to task because it was there were no half measures when Artie got going into it. In the oh. air, we kid each other, but the fact of the matter oh, is... Oh, then this is on the air! I wait created a, a new bit, guys! No, you didn't. Fuck wait a you. second. Here's what I do. Fuck you. Here's what I do, Artie. I you don't book. even touch a gift! Bullshit. I have a book. I write down everyone who gave Somebody me something. Somebody else should do this bit because you're not allowed to. You're the worst gift receiver of all bullshit. fucking time. So you're going to keep interrupting me because that's your shtick. No, I'm that's tell not you my stick. It's your stick. I make you're sure a rude every prick with gifts. No, liar. I love you. I miss you. Artie, you speak I have a, a book with everybody's I know who got me nothing for Christmas. It's you, like everybody else did. <laughs> I, got, I, I just spent I just spent about 20 grand on your party. Fuck you. Uh, I knew the 20 grand was coming. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> He totally, mm-hmm. he totally got Howard there completely. Mm-hmm. He nailed him yeah. to the wall so effortlessly. I mean, it did, no, I shouldn't say effortlessly. It did take effort because you have to plow through Howard's fucking soapboxing and filibustering. But uh, he never nailed him more perfectly than then, except for the uh, the Pelican, the bro fight. <laughs> that that was, and ironically enough, two things where, like, right after that thing, you know that Howard's seething about that. How yep. dare you fucking take me to task like that? God, mm-hmm. Artie was Effley fucking Bailey and <laughs> in the OJ <laughs> trial against fucking Furman. Holy shit. You're just yeah. nailing him. Yeah, that's, completely. Boom, that's Artie boom, putting boom. up boundaries. That's Artie going, I'm not fucking Robin. And when, like, no, you're a prick when you do this shit. Like, you're a complete hypocrite. Like, he's just putting up boundaries there. Is, is really what he was doing. And I think Howard always hated that about Artie. That Artie would always, sometimes he'd let him down and be like, okay, I'm part of the gang or whatever. But like Other in that times. kind of that scenario, he's like, no, no, we're not doing this, dude. Like, you're not going to fuck on me like you do everybody else. That's you're right. the worst with this shit. You know you're the worst. And here goes Howard again. I have a book with everybody's name in it. What is that? Who cares? Like, <laughs> right. are you sending out letters? Like, just because you have a book with everything you got doesn't mean you're doing anything. Yeah. Sam? And you could always tell, okay, Artie was a drug addict. So that that moral compass slips, obviously, when you have that sort of problem. But you mm-hmm. could tell that he had some sort of integrity, some sort of loyalty, some sort of um, moral compass in him that... I think resonated in listeners because they saw mm-hmm. that in him. Howard doesn't have that. No. Um, before he goes into and starts talking about Beth in earnest, before she actually becomes a character, shall we say, he's dating her, but 
there's still the Robin Givens thing going on. There's a couple of years where it's nebulous. You don't actually hear about Beth. You talk about him and his girlfriend. It's always like she's got no name. And mm. then she's photographed at with Rob Zombie, Rob and, and Sherry Moon Zombie. And uh, he says, oh, that, that's, that's Rob's wife, you know. And no, the picture exists, and it was Beth. He was photographed with her. But for some reason, if he, he, it's like he wasn't proud of her. He's like, I'm not parading her around. So their, their wonderful love story is all bullshit because he wouldn't actually tell who she was. Um, he wasn't very honest about it. And so before that happens, or during that time, I believe, maybe 2000, he's got these clips I'm going to play where he talks about what kind of girl he'd be looking for. And these are so telling. So I want you to hear them. They're really short. I was going to look for a Nikki Hilton. Wait, you, but you see, those good looking rich, kid, rich uh, girls, they don't go for a guy like me because they don't need my money. But how- <laughs> they don't need my money. <laughs> And what um, an indictment on Bath. Go ahead. <laughs> my dad was probably a similar age of father. He was probably a similar age during this time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like maybe within a year or two. Nikki Hilton and Paris Hilton were my age. Yeah, like what, during So when he's talking in this retrospect in 2000, these kids are like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17. I mean, at most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so here's you're the just, next part of oh, that. So you're not looking for them? Oh, good. <laughs> Children? Thanks. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, you go for a chick with money because, you know what? For me, being a guy, the worst part of relationships is feeling like you're the guy who's in it alone. You know that work, generating money, is the hardest pressure a man has in his life. It is hard. It's a lot of stress. When you got a, it really is. Yeah. And when you got abroad with money, it takes a lot of the the pressure off. Oh my God! <laughs> and I don't care how much money you make. You know what the biggest? When a girl brings something to the party, it's it's attractive. Now contrast this with something way later that we're going to play, where he goes, and we may play it. I'm, we may forget to play it, so I apologize in advance, guys. Where he goes, I my that's my favorite thing: a girl who doesn't want to be famous and doesn't want to be like a, a girl who's hot. Sorry, got a girl who wants to be famous but isn't. That's my. Just that's play my it. Play goal. it now, please. Let's okay, let me it. let me see if I let me see if I have it first. Want to be a backroom casting couch? Uh, let's see if I got this right. Beth never wanted to be on the air. Okay, this is when we played for one of the breakdowns. Oh, thanks, son. Where are you going? She runs out of here. Like I don't know her. <laughs> she she doesn't want to be on. She doesn't want to be on the air. Yeah, that, that's why I love her. She's yeah. the exact opposite of me. Yeah, she's not like one of those housewives on that the stupid shows. Oh, I know. I love being married to a woman who doesn't want to be on the air. That's not exactly the clip. I that's 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 the one that I wanted for uh, to contrast to his. I wanted a famous chick. That's an earlier clip, but we do have one. I know I have the audio of somewhere where he goes. Um, uh, my goal, my you know, what the best thing is for a girl who wants to be famous but can't get there, and you'll be my star. You can be my star, honey. It's okay. So. Oh, this is all early Beth grifting years. So the next clip well, is, yeah, go ahead. It would be very hard when he's sticking it to Allison in uh, this dialogue, by the way, by saying, I, you have no I idea the pressure it is to make money. And yeah. look at what I bring to the table. And this is what I want. It would be very hard for a yeah. mother of three with a famous 
radio host who only gives a shit about his career to pull anything in because god forbid you even left the house to get diapers because this motherfucker would have trolled your ass the entire time for even leaving to get a set of pampers <laughs> well the, during around the same time there's he starts uh doing the whole thing she speaks multiple languages we played that clip in one of the themes there this one i'm going to play he's trying to create the false you called it the false self right bob mm -hmm. But in this case, he's putting up the false self of Beth. So this one's called Beth Doesn't Duty. Artie, maybe it's a take no. makeup on. <laughs> you want to know something? I'm going to tell you something great about Beth. Yeah. She never moves her bowels. Well, I'll tell maybe you what. Maybe once a month. I've never seen. I've, I've been. <laughs> Honest to well, that's healthy. Like, to the point and that I'm never... afraid for her health. We've... <laughs> okay, now that's later on. But this is just something that he can't. So he's making up all this shit. This is another one. Go ahead, Sam. Is it sexy to any of you that people don't shit just once a month and their fucking colon is backed up to the point of probably cancer? Well, she's I mean, not. Like, we've, we've often surmised that she's got a fucking eating disorder and she must because yeah. the, the, the and you said, Bob, and this ties into the 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 effects of being with an, an NPD sufferer. Um, mm -hmm. It leads people to having disorders of, of certain type. Um, Why is that a bragging point? My, uh, she might be so unhealthy. She only shits once a month. Just saying. Because remember, they go again. I, I know I've said this a few times. They go through a cycle of idealization, devaluement, and discard with everyone in their lives. So when someone new comes in their lives, you'll you'll usually hear a lot of this idealizing. Now for me, like. That's a weird fucking thing to say, for sure. Like, friends <laughs> came over, it's like, dude, my girl, my new girl, does shit. But once a month, I, I think that's the weirdest thing I ever heard. Like, that, I wouldn't even that, know how to respond to it. it was, I don't think you could. And so this other one is one of my favorite clips of all time. I think it might be 2002-ish, whatever. And he talks about how Beth works all the time, like she's a worker. <laughs> And you hate this. You hate this clip, Sam, because he does this—the one about the, "I give you the air you breathe." Mm. I don't think everyone should be allowed to have their. No, uh, why wasn't Beth there? Uh, Beth was working. <laughs> right, well, she was working. She would have been there. <laughs> she works all the time. That's what I like. I like to be with a woman who works. I'll tell you why. Uh. I get respect for them. They got their own lives, right? <laughs> My wife's getting a paycheck now. I'm like ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you respect. So you don't feel, you know, women will go, I give and I give and I give. Go, what do you give? I give, you, I give you the air you breathe. What are you talking about? You give and you give and you give. You give nothing. So, okay, so this is, this is, you know, he's, it's funny, it's ironic. He talks about, I love being with a worker, yet when Allison started getting work, doing social work, actually, she, because she went and got her degree, um, Emily Post in the, says in that New York Post article that maybe when my mother entered the workforce again, he got upset. Yeah, he doesn't want anyone working. No, of course not. But he also not doesn't want them dependent on him. He wants them dependent, but he doesn't actually want to have to give the money to to help okay, them. Okay, then this begs the question, Bob: Is anyone suffering from NPD? Can they ever find that? Um, perfect specimen that is has to be the opposite of what they want at the time that they want it and the thing that they want that they don't mm -hmm. want 
they, they want, want they call it the child parent dynamic they say they simultaneously want to be both a child and a parent so they want to control but they also want to be taken care of so they like keep bouncing back in in between um those those two spaces of thinking they're they're, they're always going to find a reason to be unhappy if I were to say, if you were to ask what is the most ideal partner for someone with NPD, I would absolutely tell you Beth Ostrowski is the picture-perfect uh, person for someone with NPD. Yeah, especially during COVID. You wouldn't even have to hoard, like, toilet paper because she doesn't shit. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Sam's showing us this, I don't know, Barbie thing. What is it? It's not Barbie, is it? Life-size Barbie. Life-size okay. Barbie. Hey, guys. And she's And she still, she looks like Courtney Love there a little bit. <laughs> so and uh, <laughs> so the next clip is um, one called I called it I settled for Beth and it's it's one of my favorite clips again <laughs> I could get like a Pam Anderson who's got income it would be great because I got income she's got income we're both working unfortunately I met a check <laughs> Who I really am digging. But you, I, I'm in love with her. But you so, know, I, you know, what I, happens to your goals? You just throw them out wait, the window. I, I threw my goal out to her. <laughs> I hope she. Re- I hope she recognizes <laughs> what I gave up. Now listen to that. As if he had the fucking anything to get at the time a Pam Anderson or someone who was actually independent and hot, like a Carmen Electra. It's okay, but the then money. he said Beth is the Beth is the perfect candidate. Why? Yeah. Well, the one thing that I got in there is when he's talking about how he wants someone with money, they're they're fucking parasites, these people. <laughs> they're they're constantly looking for what the can Mexican mosquito mosquitoes he ran away from. <laughs> yeah, I, I can get money from them. They have money, so I can just live like I swear they're just constantly plotting all the time. <laughs> like I don't know. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's like two vampires sucking each other off, sucking each other's necks off, 69ing. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a question that a lot of listeners I know would have as to, which did, does, does, um, it's like chicken and the egg syndrome. Does Beth's sort of narcissism or regressive you know, tendencies, the way mm. she's such a fucking like she's stunted emotionally and mentally at like age 14 going into her first, like, I don't know, junior high prom or something for forever. Does that come from his, his NPD or did she already have her own most likely? And she was just a, you know, a, a dumb, exactly what she looks like a dumb blonde looking for affirmation and looking for, you know, daddy Warbucks to, uh, daddy wig bucks to get, <laughs> to give her, you know, um, some kind of uh, validation and she's constantly looking for that as well so like does is is it a case do you think where his npd and her close proximity to him well as close as we think has made her worse or more of what she already has in terms of her problems you you'll see that often that people that's people are always going to rub off on people Mm -hmm. and and when you have personality traits that are that strong um uh, people will start to pull, start to to assume certain narcissistic tendencies themselves. Mm-hmm. It's never to the degree that you know someone with a full blown personality disorder has 
So I, that's what I would say, that it, he, he probably has worsened some of those, and she probably has taken on some of his personality traits because it is a very overwhelming personality. And then to answer the other part of your question, my view of Beth is very much like what you just said. I just think she's just, just a product of who she is. You know, I think that um, she was just this, probably told that she was pretty a lot when she was younger, got a lot of favoritism, um, wanted to take it to the next level with um, becoming famous and getting that kind of validation. So I, I don't really view her as someone that you would put into a full-blown personality disorder, even though mm-hmm. she does have a lot of um, traits. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that she has... I, I think that she's more human than Howard is by a pretty far degree. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I do think that she was immature, underdeveloped, um, a little bit too much of an empath, which she talks about a lot, being a people pleaser. These people, yeah. uh, narcissists seek those people out. That happens very frequently. They'll, they'll recognize that in somebody, and it's sort of an unholy matrimony, and um, it's a very toxic relationship when that happens. So that's, um, yes. That's a characteristic, but then, like I was asking... How is she currently the perfect partner, Beth Ostrowski, for this NPD suffering monster? How is she now? The perfect partner. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, I think that that she's really, because remember, again, like I've said, the idealized, devalued, discard. She's tried to keep herself in that idealized stage as much as she can for a very long period of time. And she's done it to almost a superhuman degree. Uh, you can see sort of a lack of self-respect there. And I think that's what is it allows her to, to keep pushing it and, um, you know, neglecting her own feelings um, has allowed it to reach this really severe level. I don't know the inner workings of what goes on with them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm sure that they've sort of at this point, it would be inevitable that they've started to go into a devalue discard. If if he I, I think that the devalue stage started a while ago, but I think she knows how to play the game to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. If maybe her father had some of these attributes and she saw this with her mother and father, I don't know. Um, that would be my guess. I would say after she got the ring is when she realized, OK, now this is par- this is part one of the hooks. If she could manage to get a kid with him, that would have been ideal, but mm-hmm. that never happened that we know of. And um, so either way, what I found How fascinating... How dare you? Bianca is a kid, a fur child. <laughs> she's, a, she's a pool anchor. like a fucking anchor. So we're back. Uh, hold on. We're going to go into this clip, which uh, is the Robin FHM... Um, the reading of Robin's reading of the FHM interview that Beth did in 2002, I would say. And as it progresses, Robin's <laughs> it's Robin at her best. I don't really like her generally. And I think most people would agree that they, she's a real fucking cunt, but, um, this is one of the best things she ever did on the show because she makes Beth sound like such an asshole. <laughs> and then some callers come in to bust balls. So this is using Howard for reservations. 
It's also great for getting reservations in restaurants. That's right. I call and I say, I need a reservation for two, and they say, we're fully booked. Then I say, well, I'm actually calling for Howard Stern. This is embarrassing. And they wow. say, see you at eight. Hey, man, uh, hey man, can I say that? Yeah, go ahead. I don't care what you say. I may do that tonight. They might throw you out when you don't show up with me. Uh, that's really nice, I must say, and I'm really spoiled with it. And he gets so much free food, we always feel bad. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> All right, it's enough of reading. <laughs> so he's getting embarrassed. Meanwhile, he bragged about how when she was a kid, she never paid for candy. You know, they gave her free newspapers at the newsstand and all this shit. And her, the principal went to go visit her, probably to fucking get a blowjob. Uh, <laughs> the high school principal. But yeah, who knows nobody suspends you from school, by the way. Think yeah. about how I, I don't know if it's a lie or not. So that's the other part. But mm. think about how insane it is if you got suspended from school. And I'm sure we've all had detention or some sort of, I don't know, I've had in-school suspension. But you get in trouble and the person who makes you in trouble goes into your neighborhood, visits your house and sees if you're okay. And they're the ones that punished you. That is so not what high school principals and administration did back then. Not yeah, even a fucking chance she probably she probably fucked a guy to get out of it who knows or she had something going on who knows the next part of this is a caller in the same clip that busts his balls about being much older than her and how they look odd a picture of you and her looks like a kidnapping it's ridiculous oh, <laughs> you see, walking a grand, taking a grand uh, this, for a this is ridiculous <laughs> this, this article is oh my first God, of all i'm very youthful looking <laughs> youthful looking yes for a 46 year old guy yeah you look 42 yeah. <laughs> So people like busting their balls. I love when that happens. Go ahead. So I was looking. Um, I found this. You know, I found this website. Uh, Stern yeah. Archives uh, Backstage Pass. S serious Backstage series. or something like that. Yeah. Right. And so around this time, they had a conversation about how I'll I'll find it, but basically I'll just give you the gist. They were well, having a conversation that around during this time when this was airing, why are people, um, I think actually this was a Stern fan network or I'm not, I, I, Stern's backstage pass archives. I'm not sure no, if it's. It's serious affiliated. I know that for a fact. It was just an old forum that they just stopped using and they, it's funny. It's still up. The fact that you can still access it is, is an amazing to me. That means they're subsidizing that website, I guess. I guess. And you have yeah. to like really search it. Mm. So they said it's interesting. They were like, I hate how Howard is now people are promoting him like a hot guy. Like right. he's a commodity. He's hot. Like he's not the same ugly praying mantis that he always was like this phase of Howard and Beth they yeah. all of a sudden started like pushing Howard sexy. Howard's hot. Well, she did. She did no favors by fucking plugging that every interview she had. This is this one. There's two clips here. One's real short. This one is a caller asking, "Do you think Beth Beth would have loved you without money?" Monster <laughs> are you busting arty balls about some bra that now finds interest on him, and you are implying the reason why was because he's on your show. Now, do you really think you'd have the girlfriend you have if you weren't Howard Stern that she'd find interest in your big nose, ugly face? Well, uh, you've asked a uh, incredibly <laughs> insulting question. Jesus. But uh, no, of course not. <laughs> so, 
how much how hard must that have been to his ego? <laughs> first of all, the stuttering and stammering, right? I think I think that first caller, even though he was saying like, "Yeah, she looks like she's kidnapped," he's still getting some supply. Like, yeah, I got a hot chick. I got That's a right. Hot chick. And I think that second caller, that opening line. Was pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but how true. I think probably like the, the synopsis he got was callers gonna say, "Why would she be in?" But when he came out, <laughs> like, dude, you've got a big nose. You're ugly as fuck. <laughs> I think that kind of knocked him, knocked him back a little bit, and he was a little fucked. That was the best. But, so, so yeah, go you ahead. You know what? Comedians and no joke, Artie. He could fucking pull tail on the road, not because he's rich, but because he's a comedian. He's fun. He has some sort of like money at the time, even if they knew who he was or if he wasn't. Comedians always pull tail. So that's just not even, you know, Howard saying like, oh, she's just with you for your money. No, it's because people like funny people. If yes, if you're if you have any kind of rap, if you can make a girl laugh. You can even pull a four and get and get some, you know, it doesn't, it's not it, like girls say they want funny guys though. It, it'll uh, make up for a lot. And in his case, a hell of a lot, the money makes up for it, but Howard's not funny. He's not. Meanwhile, no. th- so, so there's this clip. It's a four minute clip. We're not going to play all of it, but it's the story of how they met. And it's funny that I'm going to play the middle part of it because in it, she talks about how she basically admits, look, I can fucking turn his head just like that. And it makes her sound so arrogant and so obnoxious. Just hold on. How did you and Howard meet? This is on the Howard Andy. This is the Andy Cohen uh, show. The interview she did with him, where she said she fed him food off her plate. <laughs> now this, this is many wait, years By later. the way, before before you start this, they yeah. contradicted this in the last month of episodes. Now that she's got on her second mic in the fucking quarantine oh, yeah. dungeon, mm-hmm. she said that there was so much food. So right. much food mm-hmm. at the dinner party. It was just, and he said, oh my God, there was so much food at the dinner party. Just so right. you guys know. So a month ago, that's what they said about this. I'm going to eventually put a compilation of the story being told so many different fucking times that you'll never believe any of it anyway. So, and I have a hard time believing that this guy who claims he has OCD would eat food served to him by some complete stranger, even if it was some young blonde We've known each other. We met 17 and a half years ago. Wow. Can you believe it? No. It's crazy. I was 26 at the time. Um, we were. I was invited to a dinner party. I was working on the David Letterman show as one of the girls that the sketch oh, you girls. Like the, I was yeah. one of the sketch okay. girls. And the, now here's the here's the thing. When she says this, the clip that Gary Puppet pulled up is like 98 or so. This is the problem with the timeline thing. That's incidental, guys, but I just want you to understand. She's not working for Letterman later on, like 2000 stuff, when she, they're supposed to have met. It's actually earlier. And John Popper busts it in that, uh, busts her story on, in the book that he released. But either way, I'm going to go to the middle part. And so, I still had food left on my plate. So I took this in her, but I couldn't wait to tell them that he was at this restaurant, the Mercer Kitchen. So I told the girl, Christine, I said, oh, my God, I think that's Howard Stern. She was, well, he's actually invited to this dinner party. No way. And there was one seat open, and it was right across from me. And I'm with my horrible date, and I'm sitting there, and Howard's across from me. 
and he was just in the grumpiest mood. And he sits down in Mercer Kitchen, you know, that truffle pizza and yeah, all yeah. the seafood. He just, he was starving. So he just puts his head down. He starts eating. This is the end of the dinner party. So we ran out of food, but I still had food left on my plate. So I took the food off my plate and I was like throwing them on his plate. He didn't even look up. He was just wow. eating the food. So I started taking care of him before uh, we were right. even. And then there was this woman who was following him around. And I was like, oh, I'm watching this all take yeah. place. Was- okay, go ahead. It's okay. like it's like a shark checking out the fucking prey. You know what I mean? Like when we say grifter, we're not joking. I mean, there was a uh, little bit of grift involved if, 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 this is, if this is really what went down. Um, Sam? So she says 25, 26, right? Right. And then in these fast forward to those recent month clip, there was so much food at the party. He was in such a good mood. I was in such a good mood. And um, then also in this old blog said, well, you missed it. He kept saying she was 29 when they first started dating. He also said she was 29 when she first appeared in FHM. And Robin said something like, wow, she's been 29 forever. <laughs> so that was in 2006, that blog yeah. post. And when yeah. Robin said that. So here we go. Just keep piling on the lies. Yeah, absolutely. They can't keep their li- They can't keep their story straight, which anytime that happens, you know, it's bullshit. It's hilarious. And she's like, oh, Howard, you're so beautiful. You've got the most beautiful eyes. And he's just kind of shy. He's very shy in person. Yeah, you can- I'm sure he went out there without his fucking shades on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm who sure gets he was a... married in sunglasses? <laughs> who gets married in a fucking handkerchief like she did? I can attest to that, don't you? He is shy in person. He's very shy. Yeah. Well, he didn't hear that girl say that. So when we got up from the table, I was becoming good friends with his stylist, Ralph. Yeah. And Ralph and I were listening and giggling. I go, watch this. Go ahead, Sam. Who says who's becoming good friends with someone if you just met them at a dinner party? I was becoming good friends with... No, I just met and was having a conversation with, I was talking to, I was engaging with, I was becoming good friends with when you meet someone at a dinner party. That's a really weird fucking thing to say, mm-hmm. unless it's a lie. Yeah. I walked over to Howard and I like flipped my hair back. I'm like, you've got the most beautiful eyes. And he looked at me and he goes, I do. And he looked at me and he did. And that was our moment. Oh, what? And he did have, because he oh, does have very, he does have done. beautiful blue eyes. He looked what at a me. lie. Lie. What a complete lie. What a, so basically, she, she said, I stole a line from this other broad, this Bim, and I'm going to use the same line on someone. And then I'm going to discover that he has beautiful eyes and then I'm done. I'm done. I knew. I knew. Fillmore, I knew. I, I, I was throwing um, fucking scallops on his empty plate of truffle pizza because that goes so well together, you know? And this I was just, like... you know, hurling them over. <laughs> and like he wasn't even like looking chum. at me. And then I decided I was going to stalk his stylist. And then I became good friends with him. And whoops, he has beautiful eyes. And I'm done. Yeah. The anyway. So that's 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 that section section of, of of clip that were the early sort of earlier stuff. Even though the the clips span a few years, but that's what we kind of had to do. Now there's a few of these um, here. Um, I th- let's just make sure I don't have the same ones in it. Bob wants uh, to say something. What's that? Bob. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bob. I was I was gonna say. You know, there's probably. That probably is about 60% true, that story. 
And what I do think is true is I do think that Howard was in a bad mood. And I do think that in a way with Beth, the, the thing that makes that relationship so insidious with empaths and narcissists, <clears throat> she did recognize that there is an end there. And she did recognize that this was a person who needed help. But not only that, that she could manipulate him on top of that. So there probably was some initiation on her end. And she probably did recognize that in her own predatorial way. Um, <laughs> and that's probably what initiated, you know, them speaking. And um, again, you know, to... The thing that I've always found interesting with their the beginning of them was Howard Howard says that he had been on this tear where he was sleeping with all these celebrities. But um, why why would somebody who was on this tear of sleeping with all these celebrities at yeah. his age after being married that long want to suddenly end that only after only a year? You know, that's not that long of a time period. And, and it's, it's been because... proven not even a year. It was even proven a couple, three like months. A month. I, a couple months. I don't think it. I don't think it was a year because I know that there are, there are patterns because they're not interested in those sorts of things. They're actually interested in finding another source of supply. And like psychopaths, what people with NPD will do is they move very fast. It's actually one of the warning signs that you're seeing someone with narcissistic personality disorder is they move very quickly. They'll have you move in very quickly. They'll yeah. want to get exclusive very quickly. So, um, so in, in this case, yeah, he's on a mad tear. He was looking for cock. Um, the, uh, cause it, we can't have it both ways. We kind of figure uh, there's the debate is, well, did they meet, uh, organically like this? Was she a beard? Well, she could be both in this case. She could have the arrangement. Look, I need to front like I'm actually heterosexual. So this is what you're going to get out of the deal. And I'll try to get you into this show. And we're not going to go into her myriad of, of, uh, of shows and failed, you know, pilots and stuff that she's had, which there are, you know, numerous, but um, that that's another inexplicable part, which I'm I'm thinking and I know Bob said, like, yeah, you need the supply, but the supply comes from the contract of being a beard and yeah. she has to. She's like a paid employee, which is what sure. I think she is. And, she and is I paid truly employee. think if she wasn't, then why is there such a push for her to be famous if she yeah. wasn't for his own? Uh... Because uh, it's embarrassing. These failures of hers are embarrassing. Well, he's not. He's not a very self-aware person. Most of them yeah. aren't. Um, narcissists are aware of what the unspoken agreement is. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is they really hold you to it. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people who have empathy realize contracts can't always be honored. Social contracts, agreements. To me, you know, where we differ, you know, which I think we've said on here is I, I don't actually think Howard is a homosexual. I think he's a heterosexual man. Um, so, yeah, it, it, with, with Beth, I can't, I, think I can't even believe you said that. So, Bob, uh, please continue with the uh, the the idea that like if, if it's what's he getting out of this? Which does he prefer? He's talking about. I want, I like, I, you know, I wanted to get a rich woman, you know, who was, you know, had her own money and stuff. Well, she clearly had her, didn't have her money and they didn't, 
they made it sound like she was in a fucking slum um, before he rescued her. So he wants this pretty woman fantasy. And then he also wants this. I want someone who has money. You can't have it both ways. No, and he he wants she to, certainly never well, had Howard money. So what's the point of even going down that road? He, he wants to exploit. So when he's talking about a woman with money, he wants to exploit what money she has. And wants to fantasize about living off of her, you know, I don't know all that goes into that. But I will tell you, he will always want to exploit someone who doesn't have money over someone who does. That was my question. I was going to say, what's more valuable to him? Exploiting somebody and using their money or exploiting someone with no money and taking control? And you just answered my question. Narcissistic personality disorder is not interested in a mutual relationship. That's not something you want to be in. Even if they enter in that right off the bat, let's say they come in equal salary, equal social stature, they will begin to start to stack the chips in their favor in any possible way they can. They don't want to be in what most neurotypical want which is a mutual loving relationship with mutual respect they don't want that so So say that he was to have a relationship where he say it wasn't beth say it was somebody like a pamela anderson or jennifer aniston mm -hmm. how do you think that would have played out it wouldn't have lasted It, it depends upon what their level the type of boundaries they have um the type of abuse they're willing to put up with and probably someone with their own money. They're not going to put up with something like that very long. There's the one clip, uh, I may add it in another episode about when she talks about, uh, Benji interviews Beth and, um, she says, I cheated on everybody, every boyfriend I had before I was with Howard. And, and she says it with this, like almost pride. And then also he, discusses it so much earlier on he talks about she was with famous guys is that something that it makes him as a narcissist feel better that she's wanted or he he wants he wants to purport that she is this hot piece of ass and that everybody like everybody's jerking off like in the street at her and and all these these victimization things he used to do so when he said oh a homeless person spit on her um you know anything that gets attention as you said is good attention there's no such thing as good attention it's all good there's no bad attention it's all good yep would that apply to the stories he concocts about her as well absolutely okay absolutely so one of the first clips here is called beth the floozy it's a short clip it's funny with our relationship it's like one of the main reasons to me i don't uh, you know look our life is great together and i wasn't looking for any kind of change but at the same point too i think certain people treat her like um She's my, you know, floozy. You know what? I, I can give you a perfect. No, I give you a perfect example. Yeah. Remember how David Brenner had that girlfriend, and even though they lived together, yeah, she was always the girl. She was like the girl. Just... Yeah. And it was kind. Of, it's kind of like I see, you know, what goes really? on. Yeah. So that's in reference to pre-marriage. This is all mostly all pre-marriage or just around the time of the marriage, and we're going to go into the Ablo thing because that's also, I believe pre-marriage as well just before so um this is from the uh, of course infamous 60 minutes interview said three months into this relationship that you told him howard this relationship is all about you oh i think i knew that from day one (laughs) but i'm okay with it it's all about him ed we watch tv what he wants to watch we eat we wake up at five o'clock in the morning we go to bed at eight 
We, I love it though. It's yeah. my life. If you see, we broke this down, guys. By the way, and if you actually see the visual, she's looking at him, like as she's saying it to check, did I do that right? Am I? Am I? Am I correct? You know, did I fuck up? Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then and then ultimately, yeah, that that whole like people pleasing, what she talks about. um, This is um, anyway. It's it's just it's it's extraordinary to hear. So this is another Mm -hmm. one called Beth wants to be married. She's still the girlfriend as opposed to right. the wife. And when it's the wife, it's like, uh-oh, she's the wife. Right. Yeah, uh-oh, Here comes the wife. Here comes the wife. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. I love Beth. I mean, I, I feel bad saying that, but I don't think Beth wants it either. She claims <laughs> She claims that she doesn't. Like they, she all, does, they all do, though. Yeah, it's a smart move. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, you know, that's ridiculous. I've seen her. And she doesn't look like a person who doesn't. It's, so they're all, they all know she's uh, full of shit. And he knows she's full of shit. Of course. Like, oh, fuck. I, so I can't believe that line of shit because I'm, you're right. She does, right? <laughs> this this next clip, I'm going to play it. It's called. Yeah, uh, and as as if, like, by the way, I love how all of these lying shit bags are so <laughs> So quick to throw their opinion on Allison yeah. over a goddamn Z100 concert. But when it comes to something like marriage, we're going to truncate the argument to, you know, not get the boss mad or we're going to say something. It's it's just insane to me how different they react when it comes to Beth conversation versus Allison conversation. Right. So here's and this is a really short clip from even a couple years earlier. There won't be a wedding, right? There won't be a wedding. We, Beth doesn't want that. I don't even want to think about a wedding. Yeah, we're talking about this is a very long engagement. <laughs> so this is another clip. Oh, the low-key engagement. By the way, they had the most <laughs> embarrassing wedding I've ever yeah. seen in my life. She looked like the sluttiest, cheap, fucking Fashion Nova. Like, you guys... Women know that site, Fashion Nova. It's like you take high-end retail and then you sell it for shit-looking fucking replicas on this Fashion Nova. <laughs> this embarrassing bathing suit-like diaper dress, or wedding dress, it I'll, was... I'll try to pull up a picture so you guys can see what it is. Hold on. Let me get this right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and wasn't it a... designed by Weinstein's wife at the time? Yeah, Georgina Chapman. I mean, it was just, it looked like, oh, it was just awful. It really did remind me, she has no ass. They put a big bow on the crack of her ass. I was, it looked like a diaper. It was awful. Yeah, she had the physique, she had the physique of like Gary Busey, Gary Busey in uh, Big Wednesday. Um, But, but then here's the deal. Um, if you see that picture, I was going to say, it looks like she's the, um, the gift. She would be like the gift that you send to a gangbang. Like here guys, she's wrapped right. up in this fucking like wedding tissue and you just have, just bend her over and fucking just unload. Go ahead. You're so correct. She did. She looked like a fucking toilet papered 
embarrassment at a frat and party. By and the end of then, it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna upload those photos as well. But by the end of the photo, because she's all fucked up, and Howard admitted it on the air, uh, she looks like there's these Japanese porn videos that I've seen. <laughs> I'm sorry, just oh, just just talking, thinking about them makes me fucking giggle hysterically. It, they're called like um, basically are bukkake videos, and it's the whole premise is it's a news reporter or a weather reporter, and she never breaks character while these guys just come in off the side and start jerking <laughs> off in her face. <laughs> so there's one that lasts about 45 minutes and she's in character the whole time going like you know yeah the uh the, the weather in osaka will be like all of a sudden like, <laughs> 24 kilopascals whatever and the first time i saw it it was like two girls one cup i laughed my fucking ass up she looks like the girls at the end 50 fucking jerks on her face <laughs> it's kind of like the monty python throwing up Maybe. <laughs> so, so anyway, go ahead. So my point with that whole thing, sorry to get off <laughs> sorry, sorry to sorry fucking direct the cores into direct jizz. But <laughs> the point of that the point I'm trying to make, I know it's super important. But is they wanted this. She was like, No, I don't even care about getting married. I don't even want a big thing. We might just do it. Who cares? Turns out <laughs> some fucking soap star Mark Consuelos is hosting the event. Your family isn't there. Billy Joel and Nat- Natalie Maines are serenading you. It turns out to be this jerk off celebrity fest. So this yeah, is totally. just ridiculous. Yeah. Like a narcissism parade. Like, oh, look yes. at all these people I know. <laughs> and and Chevy Chase, who always... they had no relationship with, was at oh, the yeah. wedding. That was it's a small I... world after all. Yeah, Bob <laughs> shots at him, right? And he said, he like kind of went up there and gave him some shots. And I remember they asked him about it on the show. And Howard's like, oh, yeah, he's just joking around. <laughs> and I remember a lot of the guys <laughs> were like, about, I don't know, like, man. You, I fucked you in the ass and I gave you anal herpes yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> I totally believe that was Chevy Chase. Two things. Two thing. I don't. I think it was indirectly giving him shit for all the years of of bad mouthing him and calling him up because Chevy would go to ball games and people would call his sister, his daughter a cunt, <laughs> like they go right up to him, you know. And um, you know, if I were Chevy, I'd totally want to get back at him, and that was the perfect way. It's not on video, it's not on audio, because Howard wouldn't allow people to do it at the at the at the wedding. But I would love, I would pay money to hear that fucking speech and the the, the silence. Oh, I don't know what I want to hear more. Either Robin's, <laughs> Robin's uh, pilot for her pilot. awful talk show. Oh, I want to hear. Oh, it's that or the Chevy Chase speech. No, I want to hear that. So the Robin good. show. Yeah, and here's. Let me, yeah. let me make one other point. The, the thing I've always sure. found about um, Beth is she sort of looks like, and, and again, like these MPD people are just sort of empty people that don't really have opinions. They just sort of like <laughs> gather what's good from other people. Beth is just this sort of like embodiment of of what Howard has heard is like attractive. You know, yeah, that's right. like she's tall, she's blonde, she has a symmetrical face, she's thin. But like a lot of guys that look at it, it's like she she's not terribly attract. Like I get that she's scientifically attractive. She has a symmetrical face, but she's not that good looking. It's like someone who doesn't have a clue thinks that she's good looking. You know That's what right. I mean? Just because he went he went through the handbook, like the the exactly. the, the, the gay bro handbook, and said, "Look, if you want to appear straight, you need someone blonde, tall <laughs> enough to make you look, you know, a little shorter." 
Um, you need um, you need someone that has a long fucking um, like sea biscuit face um, to dress distract from your fucking chin and your your uh, your nose. Um, Symmetrical. If like you're fucking looking at a Kentucky Derby brochure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but I know what you mean. It's like a dem- dem- like a it's demented. Like a- like stereotypical like, thing. Like if the aliens came down, they're like, well, "What do they find attractive?" You're like, "Uh, I guess in the '90s they found blonde, <laughs> tall women." You yeah. know, like that's not my preference, but it, it's just like, yeah, this was what a you know thin blonde. It's just like it's every stereotype kind yeah, of she's, she's, one person. Yeah, she's the uh, modern day Elsa Lancaster. She's a fucking bride of Wigenstein. So that they put together from scratch. But either way, there's a clip here from the wrap-up show that I love and I've used many times. It's, it's a Freudian slip from Gary. I know you know which one I'm talking about, uh, uh, Sam. So everybody enjoy this one. Take in New Jersey. Welcome to the wrap-up which, show. Does any of you gentlemen believe that Beth actually loves Howard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, let's cut right to the nitty-gritty. Artie and I spent last weekend with him, and if she's in love, then she should get a fucking Oscar. Right. She's not in love, I should say. I mean, <laughs> she's in love, she should get an Oscar. Oh, <laughs> boom. <laughs> That's I I don't believe I know he he changed it he like he corrected himself but that's the first thing that came out of his mouth now is that Just Bowie like being stupid party. or is that him being truthful I think that's him being truthful yeah and because also on the rapid show they felt so um like they let their guard down because Howard mm-hmm. was in the limo on the way back to the fucking block away uh, where he lives and uh, anyway I thought that was fantastic mm-hmm. so th- this next one here is. I, I was going to play this one, but I'm going to save it for uh, another time. This is uh, the, but there's another one. Robin <laughs> says, Howard, Beth will have a party when he dies. <laughs> so I know you love this clip. So this is, this is a little more telling. Try to have my dignity. <laughs> Try to be a man. We had a scare. So Beth goes to the doctor, the gynecologist for, I don't even remember what reason. You know how she gets a checkup every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, women always. Yeah. What an done. awful joke mm. if, if, for some reason, she was sick. The model of health. Yeah. Uh, well, believe me, she doesn't eat so model great. But she's health. just. Yeah, meanwhile, he just outed her saying she doesn't eat so well, meaning at all. She, she eats she just, chocolate and candy and nothing else. And, and wine. Never shits. I'm yeah, exactly. About, I'm not worried about her, but her <laughs> once a month fucking turd. She's got a lasso in her intestines just waiting to pop out in a few years. I was having a conversation with somebody about that yesterday. I said some people are just genetically blessed. No matter yeah. what they do, their bodies can withstand the pressure. Well, Beth always says to me, you know, you're much older than I am. You're 19 years. What am I going to do when you're dead? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I go, honey. She's going to have a party. Let me tell you something. <laughs> 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 Oh, look, now we know how Robin's thinking. Oh, wow. wow. No, that, you're going to say, wow. I'm making a you're joke. I'm going to continue that one. That was the 30-second rule, guys. Oh, wow. oh, I didn't even stop. I'm, I'm a dark motherfucker. My mind didn't even go there. Wow. You guys wow. are ridiculous. You suck. How dare you? Okay. You wow. Now it's how dare they. Dave. Birthday gift. You're, you're you an are asshole. shameful. Everybody Come on, you don't know why that. Wow. Says everything <laughs> wow. to me. Arnie, but you're closer to him. You're a girl. Ouch. That's why it's a that joke. Hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not from you. You're not that, that funny. I got news I was thinking, Okay, so we don't really have to. There's just more piling on there. But mm. like that, that came right out of Robin. Uh, spilled right out of Robin in Seamless. two seconds. 
wasn't even a thought. Might have right. been her best timing. Yeah, and <laughs> that was the coup de grace. And then they start, they just start busting her balls. <laughs> and he says it too because that came right out of you. <laughs> I love how I love how then she goes, "How dare you?" Yeah, of what? course. And then, and then he goes, and then way. later on, Wiggy goes, "Don't make it about you." <laughs> It was a perfect all around. (laughs) Exactly. I'll play a a little more. He's going to have to wait a long time. I mean, you've got like jeans on your side. You're going to be like 150 years old. I said, thank you. you I said to her. It's a joke. She doesn't have to start planning for the party for you. I said to her, I'm just going to ignore that comment and hopefully I can get past it. No, you're not. Maybe you should. No. So I'm then, gonna walk out. And, right. um, I am. All right, because go ahead. That, I can't. Oh, now you're overreacting. Now you're overreacting. Don't make it about you. Uh, I just whoa. <laughs> okay, so we don't have to play too much more of that. Whoa. I think. <laughs> what this going. is like NPD fucking street fighting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I, I know how. I know what you're doing. I use that move all the time. Don't do Ex- it. Didn't it sound like that, Bob? Yeah. 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 So we um, the next one is going to be the Ablo clip, which is a lot longer, but I I truncated it. So what you're getting out of it, it's going to be sound choppy, guys. I apologize. There's no breaks in it. Um, I just rather than put clip clip clip, I just put it all together. But um, and it's a bit long for our purposes, but we'll we'll be going through it. All right, guys. Now this is the one I know. This is the, ironically enough the first episode we did. Quite frankly, the two parter was the uh, Keith Ablo um, session with Howard and Beth and Bob. Uh, that's the first one you tuned into, uh, Bob, wasn't it? That you, you said, maybe I might want to be part of this thing. And, uh, you were just fascinated with the, the, and a number of people have told even Sam saying, look, well, you could have done that fucking Ablo clip for five, 10 hours more. And we were heard... still be, we'd still be riveted. Mm-hmm. I heard that from multiple people. And this is before we even knew what NPD was. That's right. So we did, people said, wow, the they loved what we did with that episode, even being our first one, which was really cool. But now knowing what we know, yes. I definitely want Bob's take on it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, so I've t- taken bits of it and I put together the, the stuff that we want to go through. He wants to go through and uh, made them one clip. So bear with us and we're going to go through it. We're not trying to uh, uh, double dip, but we, it was so good. We thought we couldn't not use this when in, in relation to the, the subject matter. So here we go with uh, Dr. S&M Ablo himself. Dr. Ablo, <laughs> yeah. can I say something? Anything. Howard and I just got engaged. This right. is the most blissful, beautiful, carefree, worry-free, argue-free time of our relationship. I don't know why we are opening a can of worms right now. This has been <laughs> a can so of worms. wonderful. The, the best part of I'm my I'm not here time. to rain on the parade. Yeah. <laughs> if maybe there is some issue. Now, people have said to me, it is not normal for a couple not to fight. It, 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 it just defies logic. Okay, that's the 30 second, thirty second mark. Yeah, Sam. I, I know I've already commented on this, but I do have to say, now since we've come so far, mm-hmm. I the adjectives, I never realized how many she used to describe this period of their relationship. Carefree, oh, worry-free, fight-free, uh, blissful. It's the so, yes. Argue Bob, free. The con, the mantra. It the is. Mm-hmm. And they, and she goes on the offense 
and both of them go on the offense before it even starts. I don't know why we're doing this, but this is this and that. We're the perfect couple. Like it's almost like, why are you doing this? Why, why are, are you, you like, wasting our time? Like why? Like okay, if it's all those things, and it shouldn't be a problem. It should be interesting, but you're already on the defensive, and you're already on the offensive before this has even started. So, Bob, so wouldn't, wouldn't you, yeah, wouldn't you say that if there were no problems, the, the, the segment would be two minutes long? Yeah, I, th- there would be no prefacing, there would be no offense, there would be no mantras. Mm-hmm. They just say, I Isn't think we're this... in a good relationship in a good place right now, but she's saying these key words, which is how mind control and mind conditioning works. Mm-hmm. You use these mantras over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sam? I think the word that comes to mind is trepidatious. Mm-hmm. That's how she's entering this. Whereas if someone really felt that way about the relationship, it would come off confident. Mm-hmm. And she sounds scared. confident. She sounds trepidatious. Yeah. Right. It's like a guy who goes around and tells everybody that they're tough all the time. Maybe... <laughs> more relates better to this and you're like guys i know that are tough don't have to tell me like i just know they'll beat the shit out of me you know it's like all those guys that are always bring that up you're like yeah you're you're probably get your ass kicked a lot you know like it's just if someone is actually tough they don't have to tell me that i just know they are (laughs) and everyone knows they are it's just I like so that. I so know that because that's somebody I'm with. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's they just there's... look like they'll kill you and put you in the trunk of a car. Oh, Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like that one. There's that one Richard Pryor bit where he's talking about Jim Brown and how some uh, friend of theirs wanted to get into a fight when he was the people are holding him back, and Jim Jim said something that just chilled his shit. Jim said, "Gentlemen, I think if you let the man go, he could express himself a little better." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I goes, don't you motherfuckers let me go. <laughs> and so, yeah, like a real tough person or a real confident person in this context wouldn't need to. It's like how he used to say, uh, like, I, I'm I'm straight or, you know, I, like I love I love women. I love chicks. A heterosexual guy doesn't have to say he loves right. women. But I am telling you. Yeah. Beth and I really have never had a fight. I get annoyed with him. But what do you get annoyed about? When he Not walks, to focus on the this is so silly, yeah. but this happens daily. This is something that really irks me. We got new white carpet in my side of the apartment where my office is and where Bianca sleeps. And he always walks on my carpet with his dirty boots. And he's bringing in disgusting okay. New York slime from the streets. And I, he knows that I hate that. Okay, I'm going to keep playing, guys. I just had to take a break. But what he does is... Can I walk on the carpet? And he walks right in. And he knows that I hate that. So I just take a deep breath. We do whatever we have to do. And then he leaves. And then I can release it. I release it. Right then. You but just it let really, it go. I let it go. But it really annoys me every time he does it. All right. I, yeah. I don't want to get married. Well- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, that's a joke. Like, he was trying to make a joke. But there was actually no joke there at that all, Bob. That wasn't a joke. He's like, all right, you already fucked up. You already called me out. Like... Yeah, the, again, we come back to the possessions. That's the reason why I had that up there. He, she said the key thing was he knows how much I like it. That's and right. And what did he do? He walked on it because he's walking on you because he's showing you control. I control what goes on in here. This is what I think about you. Right. So that's a passive-aggressive him way of saying, like, this is my fucking house, bitch. 
And yes. you're, I'm going to walk, if I want to walk in dog shit and then tre- tread it all over the carpet, I'm going to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And I never realized this until this, like, a millionth time we've heard this clip. Yeah. Is she says, disgusting, dirty slime on your boots from New York City. New York now, City. It really, to me, says that bothers her because she wouldn't use such a description if it was just some sort of callous thing that he does. So she's tracking. It's definitely something she holds in and the way she presents it in such a detailed way and then Mm -hmm. says, but then you know what? I, I, I feel this way and then I release it and then I let it go. She is actually telling you the process of what she does probably on a daily basis about about and other things. The only anger she's allowed to express during how she must feel about this is through that hard laughter that's forced at the end of this and the fact that she uses those adjectives. That's the only way she can express that anger comfortably and maybe Mm -hmm. safely. Yeah. As we said, negotiating through a minefield or walking on, like trying to get, ever seen those little videos of trying to see if pets can go around pens that are stood up in the hallway? Uh, That's her, basically, Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. situation. She's trying to navigate without getting the blowback. Regardless, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, uh, Bob, before we continue further into it, do you believe that he wanted this in in action, subconsciously, or consciously wanted this thing to happen to kind of, illustrate this stuff do you think he wanted this to be exposed in a way i think that <clears throat> remember again what i said about allison <clears throat> why did she call in i think you guys had asked i think it's because she knows this is an area that howard will be honest and it's an area where they might be able to air out some grievances and so i think that she agreed to this and i think howard knows that this is an area because i think that there's definitely something going on to this point. Even if it's not being vocalized, it could be through behavior patterns, through uh, body language. And I think they mm-hmm. maybe both saw this as an opportunity of like, hey, things are getting really fucked up. Because that's a fucked up thing to do. Something. My girl, if my girlfriend got a new carpet put in our place, and I was like, this is my place. I'm going to walk on it with my New York City covered shit. Like, that's a <laughs> fucked up gesture like my Just girlfriend would look at me and be like dude that's kind of really fucked up like <laughs> yeah so. so let's continue okay. loves you, but listen <laughs> to the listen to the dynamic that's unfolding she she does this thing already okay seven years in which is a significant period of time to yes. not have an argument yes where you walk on her white carpet. but it but, is his apartment and he did pay for the carpet listen to her, <laughs> but she's making excuses for you right 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 she's justifying you dirtying the white carpet yes i haven't heard you say i'm sorry beth i'm not sorry <laughs> okay so th- that's another one that was such a like a, a kick to the fucking head right mm-hmm and an admission. And she already knows the answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. She and just so, said, and, "Yeah, it's it's his apartment, but he it's his apartment and he pays for it." That's so right. So she has already she stated that argument, regrets it immediately, covers up for him and herself, and mm-hmm. let's move on, everyone. That's correct. Called Sweep it under abuse. the rug. It's yeah. called being an abuse victim. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. 
and she, and basically she's she's ascertained that it's worth it to me the other stuff that i get out of this is is the is the it's commensurate to the sorry it's not commensurate the it's the um it's worth the price that i pay in this other way yeah to get the fucking jimmy choo shoes whatever the fuck she gets at in her closet time. at this yeah, time at that point that. Mm-hmm. yeah and he already threatened abandonment right he already said mm-hmm. in a joking way yeah okay i don't want to get married anymore i don't want to get married so he right. already jokingly threatened abandonment so mm-hmm. if you were beth okay you, if you had a brain <laughs> sorry if you were what beth, would be, like, like we know how she navigates this goddamn minefield what would you what would be the safest way to even get out of this for her the gray rock well i think she just did it i think she just said i'll take fault i'll take fault it's on me it's his place you're saying what's the safest way to what's the healthiest way to get out of this probably gray walking and saying what he did was wrong and when he tries to goad her and it's just it's the level that, that Allison reached. Oh, okay, you want to leave? Then leave. Let me go. You know, like that. That's really where you kind of get with them. So right. Beth doesn't have that because Beth is probably addicted to this idea, addicted to the money, which is her own shortcoming here, and kind of where the fault lies on her. But her safest route is what she did, which she's learned. I just mm-hmm. need to say that I was wrong. And this yep. is how it's placed. I need to submit, basically. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. No, I, she is right. Interesting, though, she right? She is right. Here's the problem. Okay. These boots that I wear, I swear this is based in logic. It's not an, an, a hostile, aggressive act. It's okay. not me trying to claim my apartment for myself. Literally, what has happened is... It's not. Okay. Uh, the, the carpet never should have been white for to begin with. <laughs> That that made that made me laugh because that essentially the proving that's more of like the way he was with Allison. He didn't fucking verbalize. I don't want a goddamn white carpet to begin with. So now he's saying, well, it shouldn't have been white to begin with. Well, if you had your fucking say, it didn't have to be white, asshole. And it is an act of aggression. And he yeah. just absolved everything he just said. It was like it shouldn't have been white any to begin with. Right. So that's I, a microaggression. Microaggression. Yeah, absolutely. That's number one. Number two. Do you like the white carpet? I love the white carpet. Okay, but okay, I went along with it. The but, fact of the matter yeah. is that my boots are so goddamn hard to lace up. In order to take them off and take them on, it takes me 20 friggin' minutes. Yeah. I want to come in and say hello to her. I want to be with her. I like to walk over to that so side it's, of the apartment. Yeah, go ahead. So now that we know this NPD thing, he's mm-hmm. saying, I want to walk to her. I want to be with her. But in reality, so that puts it on her. So the fact that he wants to walk to her and he has to take the boots off. It's going to take some time. Now it's her fault because he can't get to her fast enough or be with her because of her saying he has to take the boots off. So he immediately, it's not about her. It's about you don't want to be, you don't want to take the boots off. You don't care where you walk. You could be walking to the fucking toilet, the closet. It doesn't matter. It's about you. Yeah. She's not perpetually on the other side of that white carpet. You know, she is ascribing blame to her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
I'm wearing these boots. I'm about to leave okay. in five minutes. I don't have time to sit and lace up boots every five minutes, every time I want to come in and see Beth. All right. He has nothing but fucking time. That's that's the thing that, that, yeah. that makes it so. He literally gets shuttled in, as Hardy called it, Air Force One, when Ronnie comes to pick him up. He doesn't have to do, he has hardly anything to do. But here's mm-hmm. the, in the context of saying how much you love her, which she values so extraordinarily yes and how much you want to go see her you are dirtying the carpet i am which she has said listen it does i wish she had said it more forcefully because and, and this is what some of the 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 sort of direction you think can she's be. afraid of me that's what you said in i your think email. she should say listen don't don't come in on the white carpet and she does sometimes I say it and sternly. i don't come in you do i do sternly sternly yes. and i don't you, do you buy do you buy that bob no he knows she's lying not only that, but Abelo knows, or what's his name? Abelo, it's, you know, he calls him Abelo. 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 Abelo knows that what is going on here. And you yeah. even hear that he's playing into it. Let me massage your ego a little bit, but. Um, I, heard, yeah, I heard that too. Because he, when he answered, he, he goes, do you think she's afraid of me? The answer was yes, but he wasn't going to say it. Absolutely. Yes. He knows. Yeah. Sam. We said, we said in our first round of this, that. Keith knows, Dr. Ablo knows that he needs that massaging before you blow. So even if it's just a slight commentary or observation, if it somehow negates what Howard's saying or he has to be criticized in any way, there is such a buildup from him that has to happen to cushion that blow. It's mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so much comes with the dinner. Do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, okay, and, but I'm he hurt. Le- but he, he says, she mad. says you keep doing it. Well, I do. I, I come back <laughs> right. and I try again. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I mean, but in describing. So that's, that, that was the, the, that was the end of that particular segment as edited uh, so roughly by me and all the fucking subtlety of an elephant's cock. Um, the, oh. um, <laughs> sorry, Sam, you were going to say something. Think about how this is such a, a minutia issue in the scheme of life and relationships. Honestly, it's talking about carpet, but Mm -hmm. how much hold back and upsetness and emotion is coming through for such a minutia issue, which just proves even further. What is bubbling up under this fucking Rug, you know what if, I mean? If, if, and what's, they brought that? that up a few times. They know that she really liked it. So probably when she got it, she probably showed it to Howard's like, look at this awesome carpet I got. Look at this. He's probably like, oh, yeah. He knows just like the Artie gift that this has sentiment. So this is what I'll target. Wow. To show, to show what's going just on. Just like the Jingle Ball tickets. He knew that his daughters wanted to go to the concert, said it was okay. It was fine waited, waited to bring it up on air and then let his little minions kind of pin and poke and prod and then have her on and do that passive-aggressive bullshit that he's doing right now. He'll skip right over everything and go right to the most sentimental thing in the whole place. Yep. The white carpet, you said it never should have been there. You've never given up. You're saying I'm a bully. You're saying I'm a bully. I'm not saying you're a bully at all, by the way. Am I a bully? 
No, I don't think you're bullying. Do you think my personality think is overpowering? Oh, well, ah, that's different. Him. That's, that's different. Pr- he's taking pride in this. He's taking yeah. pride. Do you think I'm a bully? Do you think my personality? He is taking pride in this. He's, he's almost al- vitriolic. What he's saying. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just go ahead, Bob. Of what he's saying is the first two times when he when he says bullying. Bullying has a negative connotation. That's right. So if he agrees to that, he'll say no. Am I overpowering her with my personality? Which kind of gives him some credit and supply, right? right. So, oh yes, yes, you're overpowering. Overpowering you with a personality is bullying you. Is what mm-hmm. that means. That's right. It's, 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 it's semantics, but it's, it's essentially mm-hmm. the same thing. But uh, Ablo's smart enough to know I can't use that adjective. I can't yes. go along. I can't subscribe to that because then all of a sudden I've lost him for this, for the duration. Yeah. Hennis, if Correct. you think about this, this is like a bad Senate hearing. You know, like, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's different. I think Your Dr. Pers- Keith is afraid of so, l- Listen to what... I'm going to lie down on the couch. I, said, I need help. I have How said is- bullying me, and I was chased in grade school. Dr. So, Keith, yeah. I have said to Beth yeah. that I would appreciate if okay. she was in therapy because I want her to have her voice. I want my partner... To feel as strong as I do in the relationship, total 50-50, as much as that scares me. Yes. It'd be much better to have a woman who is a, a subservient. Okay. Yeah, Sam. Bob, why would that scare him? I don't know. It, it doesn't scare me. <laughs> I, I'm, that, yeah, the fact, that, that, the fact that she's you not in therapy. Your what... wife is 50-50 with you? Why would that scare you? Well, yeah, but not only that, but well, actually, there, there, that is scary too. I would imagine a narcissist would be scared by someone oh. on level on level terms. Absolutely. So that's what he's really and her going into therapy. And there's some debate whether he was even in therapy for as long as he claims. I, I think he stopped it a long time ago, actually, and he just says, "I call a therapist." I don't believe he's still in it. Um, but at any rate, that's a whole other discussion. Let's continue. He's uh, who's afraid of me, who will always put me up on a pedestal. But that's not a real relationship. A real relationship is when you can be equals and not be afraid to have your voice. You don't feel that we're equals. This is new to me. I do. Uh, I do. I do I feel, feel you're my I've equal. I've always thought we, we felt. But we I don't know this. if you feel like we are. Absolutely. So he's throwing it back on her. But that is exactly what she what he's thinking. Uh, he doesn't think she 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 nailed him. Yeah, he said yeah. I. I I think, you know, as much as I want a relationship where someone's scared of me, I think he said, and someone's yeah. subservient. Like, subservient, I, yeah. And... I don't think of that in a relationship. I mean, I, mean I, I guess I'm projecting there, but I don't think most healthy neurotypical people want their spouses afraid of them. Right. Like, I don't want anybody afraid of me. It's, I, I also know. don't even think of... A relationship is like you 50, me 50, and we are full. It's you are yourself. Yeah. You're a heterodox thinker person as yourself, 100%, and I'm 100%. And this works because we are both ourselves, and it just happens to mesh. And Mm -hmm. we each get to supply something in this world and be what we want to be. I hate this line of thought. They don't view their spouses as separate. No, I mean, 50 percent. He might. And he sounds like he's ready to jump off a building. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. You do? Yeah. Well, then there's no problem. Well, well, <laughs> you're ready to therapy. say there's no problem. And I'm not a problem maker. I'm only a problem solver. Right. And, and everybody, by the way, has problems. That's why I felt so energized when I heard from Gary, listen, they don't argue. And I and heard it on the show. Because the bottom line is, that is a symptom of something going on in the relationship. There's always something that but what do you think is going on? Let's, let's find out, because I think this well, is think a boring just... segment. I think <laughs> you've got two people here who love each other. I, that's just a break in the fire, guys. Um, but at, at some point, uh, Bob, it's uh, I think one of the things was he, you said he bullies Ablo. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I we've, we've going, already yeah. kind of, heard, we're already sort of hearing a little of it now and so then. What do you think is wrong? Because we got two people here. Like, that doesn't sound like bullying to you. That exactly. Like someone who's being very accusatory and confrontational to me. Absol absolutely. But this was uh, in, uh, um, to add to my question earlier. Do you think it's a case of Howard just not being bright enough to understand that this stuff would get unearthed if he had Ablo in? I, I think there is that degree. I, I definitely think Howard saw this going in a different direction. And I mm -hmm. think that he wanted his illusion to be confirmed. And what I'm getting a lot from him is like, oh, what I actually know is happening is happening, isn't it? I'm a bully. We don't have that healthy of a relationship. I do mm -hmm. control her. And he's trying to bully him back into, get back to my illusion, right? Yeah. Like, I'm a powerful personality. <laughs> Sam? And I feel like he didn't know this was going to happen because Beth has, as much as she's a subservient type of character and she does play this role so very well in so many ways she oh, yeah. does have these moments of lucidity i guess where it's mm -hmm. she actually says the truth like oh the white carpet or um i do think ralph is gay i always thought he was gay <laughs> so the, that was the other week and it's like uh-oh i Spoke the truth and then he has to go with that and I think those little um, beacons of truth during this argument or not argument during this conversation that she's having Keith picks up on that and that is what's driving Howard insane and that's why he's going in this bully route because he's like oh the okay and the other reason, I think, in the original recording that we did, our first episode, guys, by the way, and uh, that she, because she's surrounded by Robin and Artie and Gary, who are, well, they're more empathetic than Howard, at least, she knows mm -hmm. that she has, she's protected a little with the doctor, so she can be a little more honest and forthright, but normally she wouldn't be able to. Years later, that might have, that dynamic, I'm sure, changed a little, mm -hmm. where she got a little more verbose, and you, you got another clip there where she talks about how she didn't take his name, and mm -hmm. she sounds a lot more, I wouldn't say confident, but a little more, I don't give a fuck what you think, and th she drops the, the Stepford thing just a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, as years continue, we'll we'll go back to it. Who are not really at odds, uh -huh. and uh, you know, okay. I'm really easygoing. No, I really... She's so easygoing. She cares for animals, and and right. particularly the ones who are injured. And all of us have injuries, yourself and myself included. I get that. But if you just look at what's transpired in just a few minutes, here we have you saying she picks the wrong thing sometimes, and then you don't quite take her seriously when she says, "Don't walk on the white carpet." And then you said, you did say it, even though she's willing to say, no, you didn't. You both agreed, we didn't say it. But you did say it. 
that you think she needs therapy in order to be your equal. And so I got I had to stop at the thirty second mark. Any anything you want to add to that? <laughs> I think Ab I think Ablo is an excellent. I don't know if he's a psychologist. Um, I do think he's a very good doctor. I I think that what he's saying is is very perceptive and. He he's very he's not even cunning in the way that he words things, but he knows how to facilitate this interaction at, at an expert level. I mean, he's an impressive guy. At least in, at least from what I'm hearing here, I do know that he's gone on to to do some pretty unethical stuff. But at least speaking yeah. in this um, arena, I think he's mm-hmm. excellent. That's right. Uh, yeah, like we could separate the uh, the the you know the. I suppose the the merits of of one aspect of his um, profession here, mm-hmm. and separated from the you know infamy that he got into more recently. Sam, yeah. So minus the latter of what we know about him, Bob said something interesting. You're right. Here's a conversation that immediately, as an observer, we are hearing this, and you want to say these certain things about her or him or the relationship. But he is extremely good at picking and choosing what he says and when he says it. And that is fostering this clip to project and go forward and the Mm -hmm. conversation to reveal more about themselves, which is something that I wouldn't do. I'd be all I'd be jumping all over this like a fucking dog. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And at, at by the end of the um, RS, by the end of the Beth Howard segment, because there's the Artie stuff, which takes the last half hour, um, you're not going to hear it here. You'll have to refer to our original thing. But um, by the end, he sort of he sounds Howard sounds almost defeated. Where he's like, mm-hmm. uh, "Okay, you've all pegged me. Uh, yeah, I am a shit." And I'm, but he doesn't repent. He's not saying like, "Oh, I'm going to change." He's like, "Okay." Uh, I've been exposed. And as a result, you don't hear about this session on the wrap-up show. You know he probably went behind the backs and said, look, guys, don't no discussions of this. And because I got, I got outed for being a real cocksucker. And um, it doesn't make him look good at all. So, uh, there Sam? Is some, there is something in NPDA read on um, that article I was talking about before. They said remorse is a manipulation. That it's yeah. not actually it's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty, let's continue. She picked up on it, but she retreated so fast. She said, no, okay, okay, that's fine. Right. Right. Why didn't you say, but Howard, you did say that. Because you most of us it. can't tolerate bad feelings in the relationship. Uh, okay. They're, Is that true? Are they afraid yes. to step up? <laughs> Why? Where's it come from? From Some your dad or from. Yes, I don't want any anger. I don't want any, you know. I'm... What the fuck is he talking about? That drives him. That's all he feels. Anger. We talked about it. Narcissistic rage. If he didn't want anger, then why does he say when fights happen in the office within staff members, that's like his lifeblood. He's like, this is is the best. I love this. Yeah, I love out of control people. He's almost high off of that. Yeah. Very, very like a horrendous work environment for your own sanity. Unless you were a very well-grounded person and very realistic. Like already, you know, he was... Well, I can't say he was grounded because he clearly had major addiction problems, but mentally 
if he didn't have that addiction kind of derailing him, I think he would have been able to be strong enough to say like, fuck this, fuck this and fuck you. And that little clip that we played about the gifts would have morphed into metamorphosized into something even larger and saying like, no, I'm going to take that, that fucking, I'm going to take that offer I got from K rock or whatever after we left. Uh, cause they were going to offer him 5 million to do a show with Gary. I and, think, you know, maybe I will take that and fuck you. I think Avalo right here is recognizing that he's he's lost Howard. Mm-hmm. And Howard has gone into... Beth no longer has a voice. That's why he was like, okay, so what? Because I think he was wanting Beth to add her opinion in on this. And mm-hmm. Howard just... I'm, I'm taking it over now. This And so he's like, okay... Let's start to right. go down He said, we bed. can't tolerate bad feelings. We. Yeah. It's not yeah. we. So he's saying, okay, let's go down a, a territory that he's comfortable with. Let's talk about his dad and all mm-hmm. the whatever bullshit there is Bull- there. It's actually, it's like a smoke screen. I'm very mm-hmm. afraid of anger. Robin, now, what do you, you think know, of this therapy? I- oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. You know what, too? When you were talking about Artie. How good and satisfying does it feel to at least have someone that said, fuck you, fuck you. Absolutely. Well, and Bowie would after a certain point, but not the same way and not with any kind Mm -hmm. of strength or conviction. Conviction. It was more like I'm in the corner. I'm going to throw like a parting shot and hope I get lucky. Artie was like, no, here's a fucking body blow. Eat, Mm -hmm. suck this, suck on this. And, uh, and he knew it because Artie was just as good, if not better at leveling him. Cause if you remember that whole, that whole bro fight, if you listen to it guys, which we may do that one as a walkthrough, Sam and I one day, because he's so, he's silent. He's not giving Howard That's anything so... for the first 10 minutes of bullshit. And, uh, he's letting him stew and letting him just spit and vinegar. And then he just takes him out with that Pelican comment out of nowhere and it's not out of nowhere it's already going all right you fucking asked for it you didn't want to fucking let go you could have you wouldn't and this is predicated on a lie anyway so fuck mm-hmm. you take this how does it feel hey you know what that picture of diana de garmo and you was good you can't see the rifle someone has on her <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever they're out of the frame huh <laughs> Good framing. <laughs> All right, Eric. Uh, we'll let the record note that you, in fact, are not stalking Diana DiGarmo. We got it. <laughs>